G'day folks, it is The Coach and I am here with some absolute legends of the community. I'm so excited that I get the hot scoop. I feel like a legit legit interviewer right now, bringing basically like the Power Rangers or bringing together like Captain Planet, the, the gentleman with the finest rings in battle reports and bringing them together to talk about all things re-rolling ones, all things battle reports and hearing about the amazing journey that they've had. So if you're thinking about building battle reports, if you're already doing battle reports, if you're enjoying re-rolling ones, I think you are going to be really excited to look at Shui's uh, head. Uh, but more importantly, here we go. Um, we have Jack, Shu, and Brent. G'day, g'day, g'day. How are we all? Doing well. Doing really good. I'll do the rotating questions already. Brent, how are you? I'm doing very well. And Jack? Um, work's been crazy. I'm a, a delivery driver, work for UPS. And uh, during these crazy times, uh, money's nice, but you kind of, <laughs> I'm nice. I, they let me off early because I was like, oh, I have this big interview online. You know, you don't go in the details. You're just saying, oh, I'm this guy in Australia is going to interview me. So I need to get off work early. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. But like, I usually hide my, uh, <laughs> my uh, nerd shame and don't tell everybody exactly what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I just walk around the office telling people I'm an influencer. Uh, I just don't have to kind of show my boobs and my butt. And uh, there will be a time where hard times will hit and I will have to get an OnlyFans account. Shu, how are you? I, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, it's I'm working from home and I work in technology. So it's one of those things where um, the weekend is pretty much just like any other day, but I don't work. I do the same thing. Like nothing changes in my life. So I- Literally, literally for me, there is like weekend, and there's payday, and then there's other days. <laughs> yes, other days. That's, that's a good way of putting it. There are, like, I'm like, I said to my wife the other day, I'm like, can I have second Sunday? She's like, no, you have to go to work. No. And I'm like, but, but, but second Sunday. <laughs> it's, it's the second one. No, she said no. Um, all right. <laughs> this is a really random start. But uh, today is all about re-rolling ones. And um, I'm very, very, very fortunate to have these gentlemen on uh, my channel. One, they are an amazing positive light in our community. They are uh, ge generating just some amazing content when it comes to uh, battle reports that are fun, that are informative, uh, that bring a unique view to the world. Uh, they're just fun gen general characters. Um, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan. Uh, I think you guys have some of the best battle reports. And what I want to learn from today is your story. I want to know the re-rolling one story because I've I've come into this fully fully blind. And I'm thinking you guys are BFFs that started in primary school. You guys have known each other. You've grown up together. And that's why you're just all so comfortable and confident with each other. And you just happen to find each other in Age of Sigma. So I want to know the re-rolling one story. And then I want to get into the meat and potatoes of how do you guys create battle reports? Now, I'm not talking about just like get out your phone and upload it to YouTube. There's some secret sauce that you're holding. So that's what I want out of today. Um, but knowing these guys, they might throw some curlies at me. So I'm, I, I'm on my defense. <laughs> First shocking fact, Shu and I did not go to elementary school together. Yeah, I think you're going to say you go to elementary school. be like, like a 14-year gap there. <laughs> Brady came out of the womb with a beard and they're like, cool, you're in middle school already. Uh, like AOS brought us together. We didn't even know each other. Like it was, uh, I met them through Doug from Two Plus Tough. Um, so I'll start with my kind of, I, uh, 
That's Brent. I live in uh, Street. I, I, like, Sorry. <laughs> my older brother got me into Warhammer, and then uh, you know, you grow, you we stopped. I stopped playing about 2000, and then like 2017, he was came up to me like, "Let's play Warhammer again," and we got into it, and Warhammer was completely different, and. Uh, and so you know, I'm buying stuff to get into this game, Age of Sigmar, that we're like, okay, let's learn about it. And, uh, you know, the internet kind of blew up between when I stopped, when I played Warhammer in 2017. And you go online to try to research, you find Vince Pentrella and you find Doug from 2 Plus Tough. And uh, he mentioned in one of his videos that he was from the Pacific Northwest. And so I contacted him and I was like, oh, let's play a game. And, uh, and I beat the crap out of him because I assumed he was good and he's not. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, we played, and then I was like, "Oh, cool!" Because I couldn't find anybody to play with. Because it was like in 2017, this was a dead game. And then he's like, "Well, I have a friend, and we're, we can do Triumph and Treachery at his house." And Mark, being the uh, benevolent human being, he's su such a nice guy, invited uh, two strangers he never met before into his house. Met his lovely family. Uh, I like true story. I thought he was Mormon because he had so many kids and he was super nice. And I was like, Oh, this guy is great. And uh, his father, he's super nice, but he's not definitely not Mormon. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, we played uh, Age of Sigmar, and now I'll throw it to Mark because this is actually his idea. Uh, yeah, so uh, my last name is Shoemaker, I just go by Shoe, so like it's a disambiguator. No, no problem, Mark's fine. Um, but the idea is that, um, I I wanted to play Age of Sigmar because I saw the starter set. I, I, I had been away from Games Workshop hobby for like 20 years. And I saw this beautiful starter set with these crazy Stormcast dudes and these flags going everywhere and this guy in this freaking dragon pony. And, and I'm like, oh my god, these models are amazing. And my kid wanted to play. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy these miniatures. My brother had a game store at the time. And so he gave me the, like the shop's starter set so I could paint it and get to play. And that's how I met Doug. He was local to my brother's game store. So... Through Doug, I ended up meeting Jack, and you know, wanting to play Age of Sigmar, I had to go find players, um, and it started with no points, and it was really hard to get people to play with you. And and um, I had the same thought, you know, Jack had originally, where it's like, ah, did I get into the wrong system at the wrong time? Maybe I had people like snub me, like straight up Warhammer Fantasy Battle, like fans go, Ew, no, like <laughs> they they would gatekeep me. It was bad, um, but I I. Set out to find a good group of guys that I enjoyed playing with. And um, actually, to remind you, Jack, the day that you came into my house, I was like harassing you on Messenger because I was so excited to get people to play. It's like, come to my house, Jack, respond. And you're like, dude, I am working. So, yeah. so I actually met, I met Doug first, and then I met uh, Brent a little later. And Brent and I had had a few games uh, that were narrative. And our first game, we had like talked about it in Messenger, like, oh, okay, dude, we know that Durthu is still alive, right? We know, but we don't know how the original Durthu died. So we'll have a narrative game where this is like the last stand of the original Durthu. So we stand up this Durthu, and he's protecting this little metal Alariel. And um, it turns out he died because 12 Screamers charged him, and he died instantly. <laughs> that was our narrative game. I met Brent, and then he was in the Triumph, Triumph and Chetri game with Jack later on, and and that's how that happened. Now, I know it might have been a little bit weirder, because I'm an older guy, and Brent is like, why is this guy sending me messages on Messenger? Yeah, but that's the thing, is 
yeah, like we all alluded to, like it was kind of hard to find people to play with. And like, so I, I started Warhammer when I was 13. I played Fantasy Battle up until it exploded and then continued into Age of Sigmar. But kind of everybody else that I played with just eventually dropped off. And uh, yeah, then didn't have anybody to play with. So a strange man contacting me online to be like, do you want to play Warhammer? I was like, yes, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it, like, so that game he's talking about, that first game was like, hi, hi, you know, we, we met, we became friends, but it was also like the precedent for all of our future games. Because like, what is the thing that we remember is like, Shu has this big terrifying tree man and then I just send screamers into it and it gets torn apart and the game quickly collapses. But like that's been basically all of our games is that something stupid or ridiculous happens. And yeah, I think that yeah. that established how definitely like, how Brent and shoe games go. Yeah, that's probably what I've enjoyed the most is that um, you guys bring a fun element to the game you know you've got a whole range of different versions of battle reports whether you've got you know the mini war gaming you've got you know the honest war gamer you know they, who do go a very competitive route you got people who like doom and darkness film their battle reports from their kitchen table and just do like these little uh, short stories but you guys just bring this completely fun element and i'll never forget the moment that you guys did like a pseudo seraphon battle report and you guys, was it, I remember it was at the start or the end, your your wrap-up was basically going into Games Workshop searching for salamanders to see how many you could buy. <laughs> like, that was just like, like, absolutely, amen. Like, some people would just win to go, they're broken, they're broken. But you guys like, what? Like, <laughs> I will buy it as many Yeah, you guys were telling the story without actually saying, like, a massive whinge about them being broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so, like, we recorded that skit after we played the game because we went into it being like, oh, cool, we've got to borrow some salamanders. Let's see what these do. And then in the end, we're like, so those were really gross, right? And we're like, yes. So let's make a skit fun. about that. It was <laughs> fun. And, and we got the point. We got the point. I think that's the thing that I enjoy the most is the positive vibe that you come. And uh, at the end of the day, Age of Sigma is a hobby, uh, is not my job. It never will be my job. Um, it doesn't pay enough so i want to have fun with my hobby and i want to watch things that are fun and i don't i want to get away from the negativity of the world and the crap and all that and you guys just bring that to the table and for one hour to two hours allow me to release and just enjoy a battle and i think that's what i enjoy the most and i imagine you know your your wide group of supporters on the interwebs um feel the same way yeah we i think we try to uh like come across that we're having fun playing the game like we're playing the game we're enjoying ourselves and uh that seraphon sketch like it was like because we were discussing like what these things are amazing but we also like it's we never want to be a voice of authority telling people this is garbage this is oh you know because if you say something's garbage that could be somebody's favorite unit and now you're telling somebody and they they like you they're like oh man i like these guys but they don't like the thing I like. And so saying something is trash or something we try to steer away from. Like I always, I always think like it got rules, don't it? Then it's, it's like the term non-playable is the something I, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, it has rules. Like, it's and, like unplayable. Do, yeah, do, um, and Brent, the tape, like uh, curating a game. They came up with that. They told me that. And I'm like, that is perfect. 
because I am definitely the most competitive player. I go to, I went to LVO, I went to Nova. I, uh, I, you know, pat myself on the back. 22nd uh, uh, ITC player last year. I'm like, I'm a competitive guy. I win, you know, tournaments and stuff like that. But tournament games can be very unfun. Age of Sigmar can be unfun. Like when you're like, oh, that's a nice uh, Gordrak. You paint, oh, you, you spent hours painting that, right? <laughs> like, Turn one, I got my long strikes. He, he's not going to live. I'm sorry. Got to take him off the table. Now, see ya. Spoiler, we didn't paint our Gordrak, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no. Mindset. We're like competitive play and like going to in like garage play or, you know, just having fun with your friends. And so we try to do with our channel is like curate a game. And be like, all right. And you can look like sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes like, ooh, I think competitive Jack got in there a little too much. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. That's how smashing and bashing works, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't ever go as far as to say, like, we don't sit down and say, okay, you're going to win this one, I'm going to win this one. Um, it's it's more along the lines of, like, around turn three, we'll identify that the game is over, and we might change course to make it more interesting or to to throw something in there that, that will be enjoyable to watch. Um, and we, we like to aim for those upsets where we can. We don't synthesize them, but, like, um, there are times where we're like, you know, it'd be better. It'll be better YouTube if we just go for it. You know, like I'm just gonna send everything in now. Um, charge, <laughs> charge, yeah. Uh, this game's over, but we're gonna play it out. Um, there's a couple times we we we've called it, but um, we like to make sure that we're, you know, um, doing something that's that's entertaining, at least for us. You, you, you know, you guys are storytellers. At, at the heart of what you do, you are storytellers. And I think that's what I enjoy the most is that it's a combination of a competitive game. And it is a competitive game. You guys aren't running fluffy little lists like, I'm going to run, uh, I don't know, a million zombies. Um, and, and, you know, like, and obviously you guys could do an amazing battle if you did that. But you are running what is, is considered a competitive event, so a competitive um, list. And you're telling a story around it because you're right. A competitive, I'm going to smash you as quick as possible. A game will end in, in, in one to two rounds. You know, most time, most of the time, half the battle is dictated from deployment. And then, you know, the first two rounds, three rounds at most, you've kind of know who's going to win. Sometimes there's the swing in turn four to turn five, but usually turn three is, uh, is, is a pivotal moment. We could almost call it, but that's not entertaining. That if, if I was watching a Honest Wargamer live stream at Bloodshed in the Shire, for example, uh, or I was watching a Warhammer television uh, report of, I don't know, Facehammer, cool. I'm watching that live and I'm watching, you know, almost like live sports where I'm watching the play by play. But you guys are bringing something completely to, different to the table. And I think that's what's the most enjoyable part. And and you guys bring your character, you bring storytelling, you guys have fun, you bring in your partners in, you do these fun little skets, sketches, sketches, blah, 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 sketches, um, and that, someone's going to catch me in the end. But um, And I can see in the, the chat's on fire. They absolutely love you guys. Um, and you bring something different to the table, and I think that's why so many people love re-rolling ones. So we're like the Globetrotters as opposed to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like, Can anyone do the song? <laughs> Look, I've been watching The Last Dance with Michael, Michael Jordan. I almost said Michael Jackson. I almost said Michael Jackson. The Last uh, Dance with Michael Jackson. That, that, could um, be a, that, that changes that story. It changes it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, other, other like behind the scenes too. 
a lot of times like armies that we wind up playing is kind of it's like it's what we have what's on the shelf like i'm always borrowing what i'm always borrowing stuff from shoe or jack and so it's kind of like work with what you got because i don't i don't feel like we get a lot of these comments but i've i've seen a few where a comment is like oh you should have taken archon instead of neferata and it's like well yeah maybe but we don't have archon so it's like we'd have to paint him up too so it's like we we kind of just go with what we got and i think that helps like naturally tone down the list to more of a like let's see what happens rather than like are you ready to see my army list kill you like there's it's kind of hard to do that with a lot of armies if you just kind of the term jack uses is hod hod hodgepodge and sometimes i'm like hey i worked on this army list and jack's like that's just hodgepodge but he's right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so how did, I, how did you guys? Oh, sorry, was that? Somebody? I was about to say. I think it was me. Actually, I take credit for the calling hodgepodge. And Brent's like, "Well, you've done that too." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're like hodgepodge seraphon list, and I was like, "But, but I thought, I, yeah." <laughs> so in my mind, I'm putting in some effort. But <laughs> I, I think when you guys go to tournaments or if you go to any events, you should label your lists as hodgepodge. Um, <laughs> my, my co-host Liam. Um, is super competitive and when he goes in like full competitive mode like i'm i'm not even going to apologize for bringing the filth he'll put on his list hashtag sorry not sorry and you know <laughs> he's going in with like the absolute most brokenest filth but if you're doing the something completely different maybe it's like the hashtag modge podge <laughs> only a comment here uh it's because they have painted armies brent you paint like jack and i real slow very true very oh, true <laughs> hey this guy don't put me in the same category. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> one, one bone reaper. Let's see if I get to two or maybe three. Who knows? Like it's, <laughs> it, it's. I think like each of us brings something different to the table. That's what I, uh, you know, really enjoy about our dynamic. And uh, it's like we're different, but when you, it's like we're a gumbo. You put all these things together. And you and it tastes delicious. Like like shoe has a different sense of humor than I do, and he's gone. And so <laughs> he thought that was funny. <laughs> we didn't. So you completely insulted him. But it's like I've never like so I, I come from a uh, background of stand up, just like uh, shoe and shoe did improv. But like I've never worked collaboratively on uh, this. Is like going kind of talking about the sketches. Do uh being collaborative on humor is something I had never done before. And that was, it was interesting in the beginning because Brent, now he's up there. Brent is the guy who kind of started the funny sketches and then it just snowballed. But, and and my favorite sketches are the ones where we each add a little bit of seasoning to it. And I've never talked to Shu about, um, but I've been drinking. Um, I came up with a sketch idea and she edits everything. And I realized like, so I, I shot it. It was my idea. I edited it myself and then I sent it to him and he re-edited it. And I had never had that happen before. Cause I'm like, it's done. And then the product that came out wasn't my, like, no, no, you, you took something out that I wanted in there and you did something. And I'm like, I can't like, it's collaborative. I can't, you can't be so precious with your, uh, your thing where I'm like, okay, he, and I trust his editing ability and he probably like, that's, it's too long. We have to cut some stuff. We have to cut fat. 
And then, and I was like, I was upset, but then I'm like, I, I enjoy shoe more than I do this sketch. And so I trust his editing. So I'm like, but it, he made it less funny. I'm, I know I'm funny. That was great, but it was too long. It was over two minutes and we tried to keep it like a minute and a half, but I was like, but I want every single joke in there. But it's like, it, we're, we're not a joke channel. We're also Age of Sigmar channel and we need to get it in there, so. No, I love it. It, you know, I, I see a lot of myself in you guys, and you're probably like, no, you don't. But uh, let hear me out. Hear me out, crew. Hear me out. We look the same, uh, so I'm ready. Yeah. Well, now, now you know that now the beards, are, the ISO beards are up level. Um, but why I, I really resonated with you guys, and I've never told you this, um, so this might be a surprise to the viewers, is that uh, I have a useless university degree, and that is I have a degree in theatre. So, Ooh. so I went to university to do theatre. So I did do communications in English and English and all that other stuff. Uh, and I should have continued to be a drama teacher, but I decided not to. And I got into sales and marketing and, and now I'm a consultant. But my, my specialty when I was in university and, and to this day uh, is, is my absolute favourite is I did a lot of improv theatre. Uh, I would get up with my mates and we had like a little improv crew and we would do a... Um, we, I had this absolute passion with an Italian theatre style called Commedia dell'arte, which is all about these couple of characters and they, there was almost no script and you just kind of role-played and you bounced off each other and it was all about trust. It was all about putting something in the circle and then allowing someone to respond and just going with the flow. And I think that's where you guys do the same thing where you have three characters, you all bring something different to the table and you just work so harmoniously with each other and you just put out this outstanding product and i'm not here to like speak two hours and just kind of tell you guys how amazing you are you already know that but it's just nice to kind of see it all coming together and if you're watching if you are watching this and you are either building a, a, a battle report channel or if you are thinking about doing it you know thinking about your cast thinking about your characters you know thinking about the team and and, and letting people play with to their strengths i think that's a brilliant thing and 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 trust yeah um, advice to anybody building one like um like consistency is a huge thing and also like we i think we struck at a perfect time like the market was pretty empty when no one played no yeah, nope not a lot of people played it was just mini war gaming and like i'll say it like we're big fans of mini war gaming we copy their style in the beginning like we watch one of their videos how do you film a battle report but there's part of it where it's Coca-Cola. It's the big thing. And it's easy to hate the big thing. Those guys are talented. They do work. But you're always going to get flack by a certain segment of people when you're number yeah. one. And they've done things like, you know, question about, like, talk about Age of Sigmar and stuff that people might not agree with, you know, and that causes flack. But they they're still do a, a really good job. And I know... And so, like, consistency is a big thing, which, you know, we are coming from a, a long hiatus just because the current, uh, you know, world situation, we can't really get together and film battle reports. But advice would be consistency. Um, battle, I, this is my opinion here. I, battle reports are more geared towards newer players because once you get to a, uh, a certain level, I know I stopped watching battle reports because I play a lot of tournaments, I play a lot of games. And it's like you, you just you don't need to watch them as much anymore because it's for you're trying to learn the game, so you're trying to learn armies and stuff like that. If there's a new army like the Seraphon, I watch a bunch of Seraphon battle reports because I want to know what they did. 
Um, that's one of, that's our biggest uh, video is a Seraphon battle report. And so consistency, um, newer players don't really like competitive stuff. Like many, Matt from Mini Wargaming has said this, like, like, like this is like shooting. People hate shooting. I love shooting, but shooting doesn't interact with two people. Shooting yeah. is just pull that up, pick that up, pick that up. So I've had a list where I'm like, I can't take this stuff because it's too much shooting. Like or the shoot cast videos I have, lots of lots of dislikes, lots of screw stormcast and all this stuff. And it's like if you want to, I don't know, we don't really care about, we don't chase views, but don't get discouraged if you have a video with lots of shooting and it's really competitive and people don't enjoy it. All right, that goes back to like curating videos. Like if your goal is probably to entertain the most amount of people wanting to watch an Age of Sigmar video, like you probably want to try and build a more balanced game. But like also if you wanted to make a channel that was showing, you know, like a more competitive aspect of the game, then you probably would want to include videos like that. Um, I also just wanted to throw in too, since we talked about the the intros and you kind of talked about, you know, maybe some people's perceptions of mini wargaming. Like another reason like we liked doing the intros is that like it does set a tone before the video. It's like, okay, these guys are goofing off. So there's some expectation as to like what the game is probably going to be, you know, a little bit after that. And, uh, I think, yeah, that is helping set up that if you're probably not always going to get a super competitive game, you are maybe going to get to see some models that like you typically wouldn't see. And hopefully, you know, everybody's going to be looking like they're having fun in the game. I think that's like a, another purpose of doing the intros. I'm not saying like, if you want to do a battle report channel like us, you should do intros too. No, but it's like a point to establish some sort of tone of like, what what is your... What is your style of game? I think that's critical. If uh, and this comes back to my marketing, uh, my marketing world, and that is, you know, defining your your target audience. Now, battle reports are going to be enjoyed by lots of people. So, thinking about who your target market is, and 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 AOS Coach, my channel is no different. You know, I think about my target market, and if you're developing battle reports because you are just wanting to showcase your local games club. Cool. So your, your, your target market is local. Uh, your target market could be uh, Australian or America, wherever you reside. Uh, and it might be more about getting uh, the quickest battle report on the table. So it might be just the technology and just, you know, filming what you see. Um, on the flip side, you've got your, you know, and, and this is where, and I'm not going to bag any bat rep channel. Um, I, I think anyone who does a battle report channel uh, has a very hard job because the, and, and I want to come to this question in a, in a minute, is that the comment section can be brutal. Um, you look at people like The Honest Wargamer, um, uh, Mini Wargaming, uh, any any big, big scale battle reports, and inevitably you get rules wrong. We all get rules wrong. It happens all the time. Yet on battle reports, because for some reason on the internet, you say something once, it's like you are the worst human in the world and it is an absolute witch hunt because your model should have been hitting on four instead of threes or you forgot to put a token here and you thought it was there and, and there's a witch hunt and mini warming gaming cop it a lot, but there are other channels that cop it just as much. Um, but <laughs> like <laughs> people tell us like, like guys, I really, really respect, like, uh, uh I, I respect him enough to forget his name, Joe. 
that's not his real name though. Uh, Halo Twitch. Yes. Um, like he will say like, "Oh, you guys are good." I'm like, we get stuff wrong too. And for when people point us out, I'm like, is that because we're not mini wargaming? Because we try to get everything right. And I kick we myself. We get stuff wrong in every, every one. I can't believe it. But I do, we, we get like, we've built up a lot of equity and like people are like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, we definitely don't want to get stuff wrong. And you're speaking about the comment section, mm -hmm. man. Like, <laughs> so if you go see season, like when we first started uh, Path to Glory and like, it was a, you know, it was a rough year for me, but when, he, I knew I was gaining weight, but when people in the comments started pointing it out, I was like, all right, I need to start losing weight because they, they're noticing. Since so, like, the pandemic, I'm down 30 pounds. I'm getting back in shape because I'm like, I want to read the comments again, but I want to see like, damn, Jack is looking thick. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, rules issues are one thing, but yeah, there's some other colorful comments that pop up. Surprising, and this is sort of then like our inside joke too of, uh, there's been some comments about like pronunciations of units and there's, there's some that's like, okay, that's a real word, like sure. But then there's some that have been like purely fictional Warhammer characters. So like that's like, yeah, Caradron, like, Caradron. Huh? Like that's definitely I, where the- I, I got the, pinged the other day. Are. I got pinged the other day with, uh, I was doing a series of Sigma report and uh, and uh, someone said, said that I didn't do, uh, so you've got the little, the, your little homie, right? That goes with your general. He's called it an adjutant or an adjutant. And I think mm -hmm. I said one version and then someone pulled me up and they were very polite by, by the way. It wasn't in each other. They're like, oh, it's pronounced this way. But then someone else goes, actually, I'm from the Navy and this is how we say it. I'm like- <laughs> Look, I, I appreciate and thank you guys for calling me out. And, you know, I, uh, I'd like to think that I accept constructive criticism and feedback and I'm always trying to improve. But there's also like that that tolerance, right, is that we are yeah. going to get things wrong. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you that you forgive us because otherwise, you know, my next my next you know book review, I will sit here and I'll go. Sorry, guys, you guys have to wait for a second. And I'll, and I'll read the rules and like that is not entertaining and that's not interesting and I'd like to think that like that we all get out most of our rules right and there will be slip ups and you know leave leave a comment in the comment section below and give us a bit of an update on what what we did wrong but uh, you know put the torches away you know you, you don't need to start a witch hunt and I noticed like, ninety nine point oh sorry good gone I noticed this is like a growing game like uh, and so stuff changes like. My brother was really good at AOS 1.0. He had everything down. And like, and so he'll try to, he'll, he, that's what he remembers. That's what's in his brain. And so he'll try to do stuff like, oh, you can't do that anymore. But it's just like, this is a growing game and you have to be on top of it. Like I, competitive season, like from uh, 2018, 2019, I had, every, I was kicking butt and I took a month and a half off. And I went one and two, one and two. And I'm like, hey, no, I usually win these things, but you're not used to it. like, oh, there's a new army, there's a new rule, there's a new stuff like this. And there's like, oh, I am not rare. That is, is that a uh, 3D printed thing? I just my, my mug. No, this was uh this was a gifted uh it's wooden. It's, 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 amazing. <laughs> it's, wooden. it's wooden. It's got my name engraved. It was actually given to me by uh one of my closest friends for being uh, a groomsman. Yeah. So is your friend a dwarf? <laughs> it, is, it is very it is very dwarf and, and uh my name is engraved there with like uh a game, it's a Game of Thrones mug essentially. Um like, yeah, man. anyway, but yeah, <laughs> so like, again, but people are very like not especially when you meet people that's why i was really bummed out 
about Adepticon because I felt Shu in particular needed Adepticon. And Brent, to a lesser extent, they both needed Adepticon because I've been to LVO, I've been to Nova, I've been to events, I go to tournaments, and I get to feel how much people appreciate us. When you feel that tactile, you meet people face to face. And like I had, like I've met people in Nova, they're like, Where's Shu? Is Shu here? There's shoe guys out there who like, and she was like, there's not shoe guys. I'm like, there are people who don't give a crap about me. I'm like, where's shoe guys? Is he here? Is he? And I'm like, sorry. So I was like, I'm like, and there's Brent guys. There's like three, but you know, uh, no. <laughs> but it's it's, it's a <laughs> you know, at any con, you could just go, oh, she's right over there. He's the, you know, the fat <laughs> white guy with no hair and a beard. And th that was and one of like, which one? <laughs> and meeting people who dig what you do. Like yeah. I made great friends, Sean Blake, uh, 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 Mike Davis, uh, up in Canada, both guys in Canada, and they they were just fans of the channel. I met them online, and then I'm like, we just chat. I could, I play uh, Total War with Mike like three times uh, a week, and it's just people I met online who dig what you do and like, hey, I appreciate you, and then you're like, I appreciate the love you're giving me. That's why I I love going out and meeting people. Like who appreciate you know like say inside jokes that you say online. I'm like, oh, you got that too. And like it's just like stand alone. I, that was organic, and it's like a catchphrase <laughs> to do. And I'm like, and you, people yelling at me at, across the hall at Nova, and I'm just like, that's amazing. And like this yeah. community is really really great, and that's what I just appreciate. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd have like a '90s catchphrase? It, <laughs> you do now. So you just like walk to the room, stands alone. <laughs> uh, you know, I you know I when you made it when you got a catchphrase. <laughs> I, I have to, to dive in on something real quick. When we first started, <clears throat> I was telling Brent, like, I you know, my friend Doug has this YouTube channel, he's doing really well with it. And I want to make a YouTube channel too where I film battle reports. And I, I showed him this battle report channel I just loved. I was I was absolutely in love with this channel. It's called um, Tabletop Minis. These two Scottish guys, um, and they just—they're brothers. They have like the most polite and and nice Warhammer you've ever seen in your life, and everything's so clean and well painted minis. I think they're both Golden Demon winners or something ridiculous like that. They they do commission painting now, and uh, they just have these great um, fun looking games. And and I, I was like, I want to be like them, but I want to get all the rules right. I want to be the one channel that just nails everything. And Brent's like, Yo, let's do it, dude. And then like. That went directly out the window. Uh, yeah, and like game one is like, uh, I forgot all of, uh, what's the, I can't even remember the name of it. What's the, the stupid Blight King rule that you have to like roll a six to do anything with? Uh, um, really the name is the great. squirt. Yeah, the, yeah. the they squirt onto each other and heal. I can't, I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Some kind of the six the, the six up hit the squirt the squirt rule. Let's yeah, the, the, squirt rule. Garbage. the chat the chat will tell us eventually that oh, we got it wrong. I was, I, was I was about to lose it when I saw the comment just says is pronounced Karadrin. <laughs> just it's that, uh, I, I, I take I take the piss out of Mr. Mephisto all the time with his nagash. Uh, but you know, like <laughs> people take the piss out of me, like you know, when I was explaining them some of the mortal realms, I think I said um I, I think I think once I said like act squishy instead of like actually and like I never I never live it down like people are always talking about like act squishy I'm like shut up um, <laughs> you're in a fantasy world like chill out guys I did, I did find so the special rule is virulent discharge 
Yeah, to look it up. That's the name of a special rule or an ability, like in the game, but. <laughs> I love Miss uh, Mephisto. You'll text him like, "Hey man, how you doing?" And you just get plap this wall of text. I'm like, "Oh, I get all that from like, what's up?" <laughs> Look, Nate Nate Ash has the great great the great black pyramid. He has the great wall of text. Um, yeah. But we we, we 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 content creators, we love each other. We're all good friends. Um, but I, I want to just go back on a, a slight point because I've had some. Actually, it's almost like a two-part question. This comes from Rocco, the second part of the question. John Rocco asked a question that I want to bring up. Mm. But I know that when I've been at tournaments, um, I never forget a story that Liam, again, my co-host, um, he he was talking to a, a person at a tournament while I was playing. I was, it was, I was playing Gits versus uh, a Corn at the time. And I remember Liam telling me about an experience where someone wanted to come up to me. It's actually happened up a few times where they're talking to him like acknowledging me as the coach, like, oh, it's the coach. I want to go talk to him, but I'm I'm nervous, so I don't want to speak to him like like I'm some internet celebrity or whatever, right? And like Liam's like, go talk, go go go, go introduce yourself. And uh, I know there's a lot of hesitation in the community because they, if they do see someone notable, whether it's Doug Two Plus Tough, Vince Venturelli yourselves, there's that hesitation of I'm annoying that person. I'm looking like a fan person. Um, at the same time, I'm hearing Jack people coming up and approaching you it's it's heartwarming to be acknowledged and it's not about fanboying or girling it's about you like my work thank you very much thanks for the support i want to i want to shake your hand when we can and just appreciate your support because you've helped us kind of grow our channel so what is what is your thoughts when it comes to people approaching you whether it's online whether it's um face to face around just their appreciation uh it's it definitely i think it it felt when i met face to face it recharges my batteries i'm like okay this isn't for like this is you know it's a good feeling it's like there's a reason people like do nice things not saying it's the only reason but like you get this charge you get this energy this positive energy and you vibe off of it and like i'm a performer and that was one of the exhausting things trying to be what just leave a good impression I'm like okay i met jack from rerolling ones and he was awesome and we had a great time. And, you know, I, at that Nova last year, like I got to gush about it because just how fun it was. But, you know, you're out till four trying to <laughs> get games in and please everybody. It can be exhausting, but, you know, you know, I'll die, you know, I'll sleep later. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> I definitely, I enjoy it. It's, uh, and so that when I said like, I felt Shu and Brit needed a Depicon because it can be like, all right, we got to get a video out. All right, can you think of anything? Can you think of a sketch? I've, yeah. I can't uh I don't know. What if we what if we have like a flying saucer come over and you're just trying to come up with something and you're just like, all right, we need a game. Like, what have we played? Oh, Iron Jaws. Um and so it can be like, oh, we need to get content out, but when you get to it can be worth it when you're like, oh, people love it. Rather yeah. than it's like, oh, people only watch 20% of the video and then skip to the end. It's like we we is it worth it? We're like not a you know this one got didn't get as many views as the last time. But when you meet people, I'm like, oh man, and they get little things you said when you rolled three sixes. Can you remember that? It's like I do remember that, and I can't believe you remember <laughs> that. Or um, a guy named Ben from Nova, he shared this with me, uh, and hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing it. He um he had a uh like a doctor scare. They had to, they found some stuff they needed to test. And uh, he was like, he was very, he was, you know, this is downtime in his life. And he's like, he was like, the first laugh I had 
was listening to one of your battle reports. You know, I started laughing. And it was like, it helped me get that. I'm like, oh, I can't quit. You know, I mean, because <laughs> I'd say H Sigmar can be unfun. And it's like, he'd be like, oh, man. And then you're like, oh, okay, but people are complaining about I. we have the same models. Hey, we're slow painters sometimes, except for this guy. And it's like, but you shift out those 5% negative comments or 2% and appreciate the 98%. And you're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to keep doing this until the wheels fall off. Until she be like, dude, I have five kids now. Uh, what do you, uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't edit videos anymore. So that's, mm -hmm. that's my feeling on it. Yeah. Moments of burnout are natural. Like if you're just doing something consistently. So even if, you know, for a while, like we were doing them weekly, like we were, we were consistent, but I think just doing anything like that, then there's going to be moments of like, this is really fun. This is not as fun, but yeah, like I think positive comments are probably like 99.5%. Um, and those are all really encouraging for me. Like since I haven't been to any of these conventions, I haven't, got to meet anybody face to face just seeing that though and like talking to people online yeah like it it's very encouraging it's very fun so the two call outs that i'll make here um and then i'll go to actually because i haven't asked rocco's question yet so i'll get to rocco's <laughs> question in a second because uh, that was my part um so the two call outs that i want to make here for the for the viewers um is one the the interaction is welcome please approach um, if you see someone and whether it's someone you just follow and they don't create content, maybe they're just someone on Twitter or Instagram and you've seen their, their, their hobby and you really enjoy them or you recognize a name. Um, don't ever, don't ever be uh, scared or don't always hesitate. Go say hello. If nothing more, um, and, and have an excuse maybe to leave. It's like, you know, if you're a bit nervous, you don't want to go there too long. Just like, hi, you know, Brent, I love your work. I've seen your hobby. I really enjoy your videos. Um, thank you very much. Um, look, I've got to go. I've got, I've got to meet some friends. I just want to say hello. If, if that's someone that you're quite nervous and um, we appreciate it and we might not be able to, oh, oh God, that's hilarious. Here I am trying to like bring the coaching moment and you guys are just <laughs> taking the piss. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Please, please, please don't ever, don't ever um, not do that. But the other thing as well, and again, John Rocco does this and I, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it is nothing excites me when I see a bunch of likes and a bunch of comments. Um, so if you are enjoying someone's content, whether it's Rerolling Ones, whether it's myself, whether it's Warhammer Weekly, whether it's Cinder4 Gaming, whether it's Doom and Darkness, you know, make sure if you've enjoyed something, you leave a comment and you uh, you hit like, because that does mean a lot for us. Um, yeah. So, so and, and, it, and it kind of makes us feel good that the amount of effort that we're putting into to our video, our blog, our, our whatever we, we create, um is worthwhile so um that would be my call out here if you do try and approach us though you got to make sure that it's actually shoe and it's not just something <laughs> not one of the many shoes uh, it, that's something we don't do well at all like is like call to actions like that because i know when I, li I listen to a lot of content when i'm at work podcasts and everything and i know what it sounds like when i hear somebody saying i have a patreon hey yeah. like, it seems sincere like and subscribe and so we never, we've never, like, we've never like, hey, video, if you can share it, you know, it, we've maybe done it 10 times total. And there's like, oh, we're, I know what it sounds like, but like, we could use a Patreon. You know, there's things yeah. like, oh, we want to grow the channel. Like, well, we, <laughs> we fumbled through like December, 
Like we bought so many things. We bought a new camera. We bought a new sound system. We did. We're like, we're gonna do it, and it just. We're very busy men. You know, we each have jobs, <laughs> we have kids. We do stuff, and we're just like, we had to scrap like three battle reports because the camera didn't work or the new sound. I was looking at it. I was like, we can do better than that. Like I videotaped it. I'm like, dang, it's so shaky. And there's things we're like, we want to get better at, but it's was still entertaining. And so yeah. there's still the jokes. Carrie was a great guest. She was super positive. And yeah, that was a, she's a local player. She's a great player. And it's like to get a, 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 a different voice, you know, out there. That was, a, we wanted to get that game out there, even though I was like, I'm Brent is the best cameraman <laughs> by far. I'm the worst and she is better than me. And so it's like trying to get good at other things rather than just like, oh, yeah. you know, it's growing pains, you know, two years in, season one's coming up. We're trying to, we're trying to level up. We're trying to get better. And uh, it's. So let me get to the actual Rocco question. No, I love, I'm loving all this like celebrity heads. Um, I'm going to get to Rocco's real question because I think we're starting to dance around the actual like meat and potatoes. That is the battle report. So I'm going to get that to him very, no, a second. Um, I'm loving this. I told you I was in the improv theater. So the Rocco question, which I think is relevant just on the topic is what is the weirdest interaction you've had with a fan on the channel, whether it's digitally or whether it's in person? Don't call out any names, but have you had any? I'll, I'll, I'll start the party. I'll, I'll start. Um, I, I have had a number of people tell me that they watch my content, which is very flattering, but then they tell me that their wives really enjoy watching as well because of my accent or my beard, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. You do have you a really game, buddy. The designs and stuff. I'm gonna paint a dwarf that looks just like you that has gray coming down with the black and white. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna name names, but like long story short, I've had a bunch of people call out and say that they, especially like it's American women who who, who supposedly really enjoy my accent or what I do. I'm like, oh, okay, right, but I yeah. but no one threw themselves at me at Adepticon, so and um, it's so like next time feel free to like swoop <laughs> hopefully my um, wife doesn't watch this interaction with the fan like uh, public was are kind of like i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> and i met a fan in uh at you know at a, a convention and like he wad really loud too close to me and i'm like i don't like that <laughs> i'm like a loud guy but just something about one real loud when there's tons of people. I'm like, I, I grew up in a games workshop in the <laughs> early 2000s. I am pro wah. I, I like, you know, like, I'm like, it takes a lot to embarrass me. But I'm like, don't do that next to me, man. <laughs> because everybody's looking over here. Like, I did it. Like, you go over there if you a wah. But he's a great uh, guy. Jack, Jack's anti wah, Brent's pro wah. <laughs> pro wah. Uh, yeah. like, and like, uh, it's interesting, like you uh, mentioned about. Um, if you just come up and say hi, he was somebody because, like, you can tell I, I could tell, like, he kept looking over, and I could tell, okay, he's a fan of the channel, or something. And I'm like, I'll approach, I don't care, but then he was, so I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, but I'm like, I'll go up, like, hey, what's up, dude? And like, then I that gives the open, boom. Oh my gosh! I play, uh, you know, shootcast too. That's a that's a really weird thing, though. Side note: having so many shootcast babies because I 
did that on some battle reports and like, oh, you inspired me. The guy who got like eighth at LVO, he like he was like, oh, you inspired me to make this list. But he's like, the math didn't work out on this, so I did this, and I'm, I don't even think that way. But he's like, I made the list better doing this, and I'm like, that's amazing. And just because I'm, I like shooting stuff. And so well, as, a fa- as a father, you're meant to pave the way for your children and make a better <laughs> life, right? So you've, you've created this, the shoot cast list yeah. and your babies have like grown up in the benefits and are like, oh, I can do it better than my dad. And like, I'm going to yeah. make move him in. proud. Great. All right. Uh, so shoot. Who's next? Okay. Shoot. Let's do shoot. Let's do, I'll do shoot. So uh, we went over a lot of ground there. What was the question, Rocco? <laughs> uh, the, the, basically, have you had any weird fan interactions? Oh, weird fan. Okay. Okay. So I've been... I recognized exactly once, and that was uh, the day we were filming the, the little Christmas gift um, exchange. And uh, the dude was just super modest and very nice, and and didn't want to say much. And he's like, "I recognize it, you guys, and you know, I like what you do, and that kind of thing." It was it was really good to hear from someone who's like, oh, "Okay, cool." For me, the number of subscribers we have is just like an abstraction. I don't it. It's it's almost like it's not real, right? I I it's, it doesn't feel real like a real huge number of people when it actually. Like wow, that's a lot of people, and I'm I'm honored by that. Um, but like uh, usually when like uh, so I, I'm I'm a musician. I've I've been in bands before, and I've met bands that are famous. Some of them super famous. And uh, usually when I meet people who are famous, they have like a little bit of like a yeah. They're kind of like you're talking to them, but they're looking over here. They're like yeah, okay. They're kind of listening to you, but not looking at you. They're, they're not engaging because like that's super fame. I don't have that level by by any stretch. You're, uh, you're but, not Madonna. You're not Madonna yet. No, no. But I mean, two plus tough might be at Madonna level, but you you guys well, are like Rihanna. started that way. He started that way. Um, but like, there's something that clicks when somebody who's who's uh, famous has um, they recognize that you're cool and you're not going to get weird on them. They like start to recognize you and engage with you a little bit. And you're like, oh, this person's just a just a person. And that's cool. Um, I'm going to aim to have that, not have that toggle. Does that make sense? So when I meet people, I, I'm aiming to not have that toggle. Uh, I'm going to try to recognize people for who they are and that kind of thing. And, and uh, in general, I wouldn't say I've had any weird interactions. The weirdest interaction I'd say would be the people who had said like super negative comments and I just banned them. And when I banned them from commenting on the channel or, or blacked them out or whatever, uh, they've, they hit me up on Facebook with some ire and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You brought it here. No, you're gone. You're gone from here too. <laughs> but, uh, it's, you know, that's just like, you know, community management stuff. You got to time out the bad actors. Um, some people just take it a little too far. Another one before I throw it over to Brent is um, I always love walking around with my wife, maybe it's at the shopping center or like the local street. And some people have actually approached and said, Hey coach, but like, and she's like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's so <laughs> weird. Um, because I, 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 this is people who recognize, like, do you know those people? Like, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Like I, I tease her about being an influence. Like I influence literally nothing, but uh, it's good fun to like lean into it and just have fun. Uh, Brent, uh, weirdest fan interaction, and then we're going to get into like, let's talk bat reps. This has been fun though. Um, I, I unfortunately don't have a story about uh, an awkward fan meeting. Um, don't let the truth ruin a good story, awkward. make something up now. Well, here's the thing is that then I can just tell you about uh, a story like an awkward experience playing in a games workshop in like 2003. Oh. 
Jack loves this story. Okay, this is just so now we're going off on a tangent, but it'll be quick. So it's fine, you know, if you're not good at the game. I'm really bad at the game now, but when we all played like as kids in the shop, there was one kid there and he lost every time. So everybody was trying to figure out like who's gonna be the first to lose to this to this guy. And nobody wanted to be the first person to like, oh, you finally lost to so and so. Right. Um, we're just, I'm going to call, I'm just calling Jeff. Same wasn't Jeff, but anyway, I, uh, I'm playing a game against him and he was like, this was back in like fantasy when you had guess weapons and he was like notoriously not accurate with his guess weapons. So like you'd start the game and you're like 26 inches away and he'd be like, how about 12? And you'd be like, okay, so this game, like we're going, it's off to a good start, but then there's like this guy in a like a like a I don't know older kind of guy in a trench coat just like hanging out in the store. I just like sort of notice him. And so turn one, he's firing his mortar at my storm vermin. And I'm like 14 or 15, by the way. And uh, he's like 14 inches. But then the guy with the trench coat, and oh, also by the way, that we had like a challenge board. So this was like a league game where like I'm trying to move my way. Like if I beat him, I get a challenge token that then I can challenge up on the board. So it's like official play, right? And then like the guy in the trench coat walks behind him and he just goes 27 inches. And I was like, like I wouldn't get upset about this, but I was like, and then he changes his guess. He goes 27 inches, and I was like, excuse me, like we're we're playing like an official game. Can you not, you know, like give him any advice? And he like turns, he goes, and like looks at me like this and then just leaves. And I, nobody ever sees this guy again. And 27 inches is a perfect guess, which looks like, I didn't even know he was looking at the game and he was just like, nope, that's how far it is. And then the mortar lands and he like rolls the hit and it's dead on and it blows up all the storm vermin and I fail their leadership test and they run off the board. So before I've gone, I've lost like 30 storm vermin and he's on the other side of the board, just like, look at all the rats running away. And I'm like, I'm going to be the first person to lose to him. Oh my God, <laughs> who was that? And I rally and I win the game, but it starts off really rough. And so then later, so this is like a game workshop in a mall and a food court. And like my friends and I are sitting around, we're just like, who was that guy? Like, why do you do that? And one of my friends just goes, I bet there was Jeff from the future. And that like his life would be dramatically different if he somehow won this game. And so he went back in time to tell his younger self to guess 27 inches and try and beat me in Warhammer. Um, and it didn't work. So the future, you know, like you hear about different, yeah, different timelines, you know, it, it all leads to the same thing. You can't escape your fate. Um, this is like a sketch I because he has some of the, craziest like warhammer stories you know, like i want to recreate these in a sketch but it's like you gotta like cut out the fat and they're long and stuff but <laughs> this is just one of his many many stories with like oh this there one time people who played back then like i cannot wait for that sketch and i'm hearing that you guys and you are bringing a lot of holes your, your whole self to the table it's not just you know you guys as players you are bringing, you know, your life experiences, things outside, your passions. Hell, one of you brings your wife or your girlfriend. I don't, I'm not sure if it's wife or girlfriend or sister. But someone, someone brings their, their family. It's wife? It's my wife, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> Making sure I don't want to make any assumptions. Um, let's, 
let's uh, let's talk about battle reports because I'm sure a lot of people and people are throwing in some questions into the chat, which has been awesome if they're watching live. So um, I'm going to throw a whole bunch of questions at you guys to give me some advice and give me some thoughts around how how it all happens, right? So we've started filming battle reports. We've kind of talked a little bit about lists and you've kind of, you know, competitive match play lists aren't the driving force. And we've talked a little bit about the fact that uh, you will think about the audience first and thinking about creating a great video as opposed to, you know, just the absolute most cutthroat kind of video. But I want to go right back to the start and I want to talk a little bit about, about the things that happen behind the scenes. And the first one that I think about in, um, and, and, and YouTubing in general, whether you create battle reports, you do what I'm doing, which is, you know, talking on interviews, costs a lot of money to start. Is getting into battle reports an expensive activity or do you find that um, you could start doing battle reports today? Like, you know, even like what was the first thing you guys started doing when you started creating battle reports? Like how? Like, like talk to me about the process. What's Jack doing? I think Jack's taking his pants off. He's showing his collection. Like, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> is, is that all? Is that all? The term studio army has uh, definitely <laughs> made me spend a lot of money. Oh no, this is just, this is, this is, I have way too, I have a lot of stuff. I actually have like, um, there's a channel called um, Blackjack Legacy. He talks about Age of Sigmar, but now he's, he's branched out and other stuff. But uh, when I first got into AOS, he was one of the few channels covering it. And I think recently he did something where he didn't spend six uh, for six months. He didn't spend money on uh, Games Workshop stuff. And I'm like, I need to try that because I have 8000 points of Cities of Sigmar. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I need to paint it. And like, you know, so I'm not picking up Realm Lords. Yeah. Maybe Brent can get it. But it's like trying to it's a very expensive army hobby. And so when you, I saw the price hikes and I was like, well, an expensive hobby just got a little more expensive. It doesn't bother me because it's just yeah. it's it's pricey, and so yes. So, uh, I'll I'll take this one a little bit here if you guys don't mind. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know the technology first, and then we'll talk about armies, right? Because the challenge with armies is that it, it is an expensive. I'm just gonna put my phone up my, on mute, but technology. Yeah, no, that that does make sense. Um, the tech behind it. So one of the reasons why we know Cranky Old Gamer is because uh, he did battle reports for this game called Deep Wars and some other some other games, uh, Horus Heresy and that kind of thing. I really admired his YouTube channel. And then I, I found out that he was local to me. And I just reached out to him. And I said, tell me about the tech. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm using um, uh, a Galaxy S6. And I hold it in my hand. And that's it. It's on my on my table in my house, and I'm like, wait, what? You know, I have studio lights and all this other stuff, and he's like, no, it's just that. And then I use this ultra janky um, editing software called VideoPad, and so I went and I got an S6 and I got a I got VideoPad, and that's literally where we started. Uh, we're still using VideoPad. It's pretty bad. Like, <laughs> it's not great for editing a two-hour. It's fine for things that are ten minutes long, but it's not great for like a two-hour video. Um, so the big picture is like, uh, if you want to get started in YouTube in general, you have to decide what it what your goal is. Um, are you trying to be informative? And if your goal is to be informative, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful in terms of subscribers or in terms of um, like uh, recognition, that kind of thing. You could have one super informative video about how to cook a salmon that gets hundreds of thousands or even millions of views, and you'll stand up with like 600 subscribers because people don't care about you. They just care about 
how you bake that salmon, right? So uh, you could also go for something that is like, uh, you could just fill your video full of memes with PewDiePie and um, SpongeBob, and it could be super popular, but you've just literally spewed nonsense out there. Um, so like, you got to figure out what your goal is. You're going to try to be, try to turn your hobby into a hustle where you're making money. Are you trying to uh, just get something out there to be have fun with it? Um, for me, uh, the battle report is um, literally the hobby within the hobby, and mm. uh, it, it is. You know, we haven't really articulated what we're trying to do with this because it, you know, I, I'm sure you know, Coach, like the AdSense revenue and the YouTube stuff is is generally pretty low flow in terms of income. Um, usually, what happens for YouTubers that get uh, a sense of popularity or or you know they they get some recognition, uh, they start selling merch and engaging with Patreon and other stuff. So um, their YouTube content is now a free thing that sells other stuff, and that's why they push those things so much. Um, I know times are hard, but if you if you love something, you should toss a coin to your Witcher uh, by all means. Uh, if you are tuning in a lot, you're like, you know what? Even if you're just gonna subscribe to somebody for a little while, give them a little bit of money, then unsubscribe later. That's fine too. Like, just you know, that's a good level of recognition is to help people uh, say, I really think you should keep doing this, and and here's why. Um, but but that said, like, decide what your goal is. Uh, don't dive in on what people hate. If you, I saw a post the other day saying, I'm thinking about starting a, a channel about painting miniatures. What do you guys hate about miniature painting tutorials? And it was like a 99 post uh, thread about all the things people hate about miniature painting channels. And someone's like, I think somebody said something super nitpicky, like this person's fingernails are gross. And I looked at the video and it's just the shape of their fingernails and they weren't like dirty. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this person is like, not going to learn anything from these negative comments. What you got to do is figure out what people love. And if something like that inspires you, you tech into that and go. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to the tech, use what you got. Start with a phone. Um, it's it's a 1080p 60 frame per second camera uh, for most phones made in the last two years. Uh, start with your phone. Um, cameras are hungry for light. Uh, make sure your audio is boosted in post. Um, you, you can't get a really good microphone on a phone. Um, so make sure you're in a quiet environment where you can be heard easily. You boost the audio in post. That way people can understand what everybody's saying. It sounds a little blown out, but as long as they can hear you, it's fine. I'd say audio is probably more important than video. That That is a fundamental lesson that I learned in my uh, my YouTubing career. And I will never forget the day that I uh, did, a, did a faction focus on Beasts of Chaos with um with joel mcgraw and his audio was rubbish uh sorry joel i love you but it turned out his audio was rubbish and that is like the most aggressive comment section that i've got because people are just attacking me non-stop about the audio levels so to to your point the big lesson that i've learned and you know i did a whole bunch of research is that audio is often more important than the video people are more forgiving if you have average video and um and great audio than having really bad audio and good visuals because people want to hear the dialogue they want to hear what's going on or they want to hear about the tactics and i think for me one of the things that i really enjoy from battle reports and there's one particular battle report channel it's a 40k battle report channel it's called is it play on tabletop and 
they talk about yeah. the tactics as well and they'll take moments at the end of the turn to to understand the why it's like why yeah. are you doing what you're doing oh i was trying to pivot because i think i'm really concerned about this dreadnought so i'm trying to move and try to pin the dreadnought before it's able to shoot at me the, like, those guys oh. are really good they're, yeah, they're I, awesome and, and and they've spent a lot of money and time and i, I want to come back to shoe for a second because uh, i'll be honest man guys you are not going to get rich on youtube you know making whether you subscribe to patreon or not it it's it, you're not making a lot of money but it does cost a lot of money to to do what we do whether it's um investing in the webcam uh the the boom microphone the um even the the, the mic stand right um the software that i use um these are all expensive assets but the first thing that i think i, I would agree shoe is that you don't have to have them at the start you start with what you've got, which might just be your webcam on your um, on your laptop. Could be the phone. You might go find a, a cheap gimbal or a, a tripod or a little selfie stick. Um, and then as you kind of grow, because one one trap that I've seen, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, is that people go and spend all this money at the start and they don't use it, or they've learned over time that they actually needed something else. And instead of a boom mic, you actually might have needed like a little uh, microphone that kind of you know, connects to your shirt and can capture in the game moments. It happens to musicians a lot where they get this thing called gas, which is gear acquirement syndrome, where you're just like, oh, I need this new FX pedal or whatever. And the next thing you know, you think it's going to make your game better, and it's not. What's going to make you better is playing lots of shows. Um, and I can't just say, like, go do the thing, and you're going to get better doing that thing. That's not exactly true either. Uh, you have to put some effort into the gear you have, but uh, get something that is functional. It's going to get you past a quality bar you're comfortable with, and then you can go to you know doing some real investment into tech later on. Um, but you got to make sure that like that tech, the the cost of the failure of that technology has to be worth what it's adding to you. So for us, uh, we have these really great lapel systems, um, but they die after about an hour and a half. The batteries die on them. So the it doesn't ding or anything. So when it fails, it just fails silently. And we that's why we had three scrapped battle reports is because audio just cuts out and we didn't know they were off. Um, so yeah, it was really painful. And it's like, okay, well, we can set timers. So we started setting timers to make sure that at 45 minutes, we just swap batteries out. Uh, but that was just like, okay, well, the old phone, it's not the sound is not that much better than what we were getting from the phone. So let's just go back to the phone. Um, and I, I do want to get back to a place where we have an SLR, we're using these super nice optics and the, the really nice uh, lapel mics, but um, it would literally require a third person to be filming and to be kind of project managing the tech of what's going on in order to do that. Um, and we're not always filming together. Like Usually it's just the two of us and we hand the camera back and forth. Sometimes we'll have Brent or I'll be there to film Brent and Jack, but um, you know, it's, it's not always the case. Yeah, that was what Jack had referred to earlier, sort of like growing pains was that we, for the longest time, had the gear that we started with. Yeah, it was like Galaxy S7, still using VideoPad, and then wanted to upgrade from there. But again, like start with what you have, which like Shu says, it's stuff most people have, just, you know, like a, a phone and then get a recording program but uh, or a video program. But yeah, for us to improve on gear we've had a lot of issues like we're still trying to work through with that but uh i think that's 
I think that does support too, you know, like if we had started with all of this gear that looks really good and then like even now after doing this for a few years, like we still don't know how to make it work or make this new gear work. Like it's probably a good thing we didn't start with that gear because that probably would have been very discouraging to get started at all is like, yeah, let's make battle reports. And then, yeah, we're getting like weird interference on lapel mics, a lot of tough stuff yeah. to learn. So just go with what's easy and can get you started first. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my advice is, is um, I, I couldn't agree more. It's just start what you've got, learn, and then you'll get a better understanding of what you need. Um, you know, I, I've still got my original webcam. So I was originally using my phone when I started making my first videos. Then I bought my Logitech RC920 and I haven't touched it since. Uh, I bought my Blue Yeti microphone. I've still got it because I spent a bit of time on research. But otherwise, things have kind of grown over time. I've bought like a softbox light. Um, I've bought, you know, an additional monitor. I've bought different things, but they weren't investments that I made it early. It was things like, what do I need? What And then what can I, what can I do to improve? But, you know, throwing money isn't always the answer. But I think getting started is what I'm hearing and, and tapping into the resources that you've already got. Getting started is the hardest part, and sometimes it takes a good friend to shove you really hard. <laughs> if you look at the start date of rerolling ones, like when it was a channel, I think it says 2016, and we put out the first video in January 2018. So Shu had the channel for like almost two years before, and he's like, he kept talking about it. You know, again, probably, I don't know, do you feel like you were? dissuaded because you didn't feel like you had the right gear. You didn't feel like, yeah, yeah we can exactly. like, let's just do it. Who cares? The intro testing and testing, <laughs> testing and yeah. Shu is the reason he's the genius behind it. He came up with the name uh, and it's just like, he had that intro, the dice, the crow. And uh, it's just like, it was his idea first. And we just like, I'll, I'll latch onto it like a lamprey. You know, I'm going to get on a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to have you along, Greg. Seriously, mm -hmm. um, I, I I I wouldn't have a channel if it wasn't for the the guys that are helping me do it. Um, if, if it was just me, uh, I'm not not that appealing. <laughs> so I'm Come on, I, man! You, you, you've done two shows in 24 hours. You are a somewhat appealing man at the moment. Well, you I throw, throw, you throw a novel at yourself. Let's yeah. play so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm incredibly caffeinated. But what <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that I've noticed with battle reports is that battle report length varies. You've got yeah. people like again, I, I mentioned Doom and Darkness because I think he does the best type of battle report in his style, and that is a 20 to 25 minute traditional video. So most of his videos are about 20 to 25 minutes, and uh, they're about the juicy stuff or it might just be, you know, almost synopsis at the end of the turn. You've then got other people who might stream the whole game, whether it's, you know, uh, above camera, again, like an honest war gamer. It could be more like a mini war gaming that literally films everything, but almost from like, like a gimbal perspective. Uh, and then you've got everything in between, right? You know, whether you're filming dice, you're not filming dice, whether you're filming priority roles or no priority roles, you're filming the movement of models and you're not how on earth do you decide what you guys film and is there some theory or some logic around what you're looking for in a, in a battle report essentially um i don't, I don't know who wants to take this question 
I'll, I'll take that one too. Um, so I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Sorry. Uh, so what we do is we uh, there was literally uh, Jack mentioned earlier there was a video from Mini War Gaming called uh, How to Film a Battle Report, and they talked about just filming what's going on right now and then stopping the camera. And what you do at the end of the process is you slap all the clips on the timeline and edit them together. You can just chop off the ends if you need to uh, to fix your transitions, but for the most part, that's your battle report. So we kind of perfected the art of doing that where we're just filming just what's happening right now, and then we stop. And that's why we said Brent's the best at that because his understanding of the game is so crisp uh, at any given moment, he knows exactly when to turn the camera off. And so editing a battle report for him is like, I almost do nothing. I edit the intro, I throw the time lapse together in the beginning, just do the table setup, and that's all the editing I have to do. I just drop everything else in the timeline and hit, hit render, and it it's perfect. Um, now, if there's a lot of mistakes, like I put the camera down a lot, and then cameras or are, are the camera phones are stupid and they rotate. So like we go into portrait mode sometimes. So uh, Jack and I are now 50-50 for the number of times that we do this and film in portrait mode, like ding-dongs. And then I I can't fix that in post, like, uh, and Brent doesn't do um, So the, <laughs> Uh, the thing I'm going to here is that that basically um, the editing, like when you're deciding what kind of battle report format you're going for, my recommendation is to make it as easy on yourself as possible. Um, so let's examine play on tabletop for just a second here. Um, that channel is achieving an incredible amount of success in the warmer space as, as they should be. Um, but in my personal opinion, I think that their end game product should be to sell that show to a network. I really think they need to find uh, somebody who's going to put that show on television because of the quality of filming, the pacing, uh, the you know the story beats they have, the the timing. The Even just think like the camera angles, right? Like they have the panning, like you do, um, yeah. like a sports, yeah. right? Like like they have just the the quality is is sensational. Yeah. And for me, the thoughts I've had is like what's the, the return on my investment? Like yeah. I can do that, but the cost of technology, the cost of time, is yeah. it worth it? And obviously if I enjoy doing it, that's that's fine. But like, it's always like, you've got to make a decision, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, that basically the, the format for them is like, we're aiming to be a TV show. And then the format for Demon Darkness went out. I, I used to watch his uh, like PowerPoint presentation style battle report. Um, but there's a good portion of people in Warhammer who just like go, oh, cool, battle report. They click it and they just let it run while they're painting. They're not even watching. They're just listening to what's going on. And if something cool happens and like people shout or they're like, oh, I got a thing, they look up. And so like we actually make a point to say what just happened if we roll mm -hmm. dice and we'll say, oh, I got a five to six, right? Or whatever it is. Um, or, oh, no, I missed. Like, you know, we'll say this thing for the people who are just listening. Um, which is a, I don't know, I would say about 50% of the people who actually watch the entire battle report aren't actually watching. It's just running while they're doing other stuff. Um, so like it's, it's, you know, uh, whatever's easiest for you as a, as an editor. Um, I give this advice to log cam and gaming when he was starting out, he's like, uh, he had some questions about editing and his first battle report was amazing. They had like four cameras set up in different angles, two stationary cameras, two or two fixed cameras and and one handheld uh, and one overhead. It was just, but all the cutting and editing that you have to do at the end of it, if if you're spending 
more time than you played doing the editing, then you're going to hit a burnout point or you're going to need to spread that work across other people. Um, that's why really big YouTube channels hire people to do editing for them because they don't have it in them to do it anymore. They have a, you know, they're too busy doing other stuff. Um, well, especially they just, the well, they just do what I do. I just go live and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's that's Twitch and streaming. It's, it's I, I, do, I do one show a month, which is my emerging meta, which requires a record. And I've gotten to a point where I just do one take and I just like, I don't oh, want to do any editing because I know that that grinds my creativity, right? And I don't want to pay somebody. I don't have the money to be paying for a full-time editor. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So if, if PowerPoint's easy for you, do PowerPoint. If um, if you want to do the crazy editing and, and be the next level channel that takes on Play on Tabletop, go nuts. But they set the bar for you. I, I would advise don't even, uh, like, make sure you're, if, if that's the world you want to compete in, like, bring it. Because they're, they have a very high bar set for you. I, I, for one, welcome my Age of Sigma overlord who wants to uh, move into that space. Yeah. Um, I remember, I'm, I'm not going to bring or, or Jack to see if they've got any other thoughts on that, but I remember Hayden Walker, uh, the elf bro, who, um, a friend of the channel, friend of mine, um, he creates battle reports when he, when, he, when he created battle reports really differently. He had like a green screen tripod, not tripod, like the green screen that kind of went over his table. Um, mm -hmm. Just the frame, not not um, not the actual green screen, but he put his his uh, iPhone and taped it up at the corner, but then used the, the time lapse video. So basically, his battle reports were the full battle, but it was kind of like sped up five times or ten times. So it turned out you're just seeing all the critical moments, and then we can kind of like create these little chapters that say turn one, what happened, turn two, what happened, and that was a nice way to again see a different style. So there's just so many options you can implement to your battle reports to make it interesting. I think just filming whole parts or filming parts, you, the options are there. Brent, anything mm -hmm. you want to add to all of this? Yeah, so like Shu was saying, like some people, I mean, people just have different preferences for what they want out of a battle report. So yeah, you'll get people that maybe, you know, like, hey guys, this is too long, you know, it was kind of boring. They want a shorter video where, yeah, they just kind of want the the highlights or the best moment to, moments to know what happened in the game. Or then you've got people that maybe don't like, even if, you know, those types of really tightly edited videos because they want something, yeah, to put on while they paint for two hours. Uh, so we just picked, I think, what we wanted to do. And then also a little bit about, you know, like, we, we should thank you for saying that I'm good at this of starting and stopping the camera but there's the other part too like before we press record so like if even though we are doing like a longer form battle report we still wanted to make sure everything was intentional because if you just left the camera running then there's that moment of like figuring out what you want to do we did at least want to leave out that type of stuff yeah um, yeah the game takes longer you know than the, the video is so what we're doing is we're saying what we're going to do so it could just be uh, I'm going to cast Mystic Shield with Alario. Okay, great. And then somebody, you know, like I'm holding the camera and then I go like, or hit record and go like this. And then, you know, whoever's, if I'm playing against Shu, then he'll say, uh, I'm going to cast Mystic Shield with Alario. So we basically just do whatever we said we we're going to do. Then there's the dice roll. Oh, let me go ahead and uh, try and unbind that. Oh, I didn't. Uh, there's like a reaction and then yeah. end the clip. Or you can string a couple together if they like, if they fit together well too, but typically yeah. we're just gonna do one thing at a time. There's there's a phenomenon that happens at that moment. 
I call camera flummox, where the camera turns on and your brain leaves the room. And uh, so many times I've said, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then I forget one of those steps and I don't do it. And Brent stops the camera and is like, so that was a good take, but you didn't do the thing you said you're going to do. Do you want to try again? Uh, I mean, I do it. I do it all the time when I start the show. Like, I do awesome prep. Right, we have you know, we spend five or ten minutes before the show. I hit record and I go, "What's the show again?" And like, I've got to remind myself in the moment, like, "Hey guys, it's." And I think I remember doing the uh, women in Warhammer, and I think I accidentally said Warhammer in women. And I'm like, "Uh oh, uh oh," and I backtrack. But it happens. Like your brain leaves you, um, which is yeah, like don't no, do no, that. no. But I was like, oh, Jack, I wanted to call call something you've you've mentioned as well. And there was a comment you put in the chat and, you know, Jack has been really good. Um, Jack's been really good, like engaging the chat here as well. But um, <laughs> he made a really good comment that, um, you know, someone in the chat mentioned uh, Gorilla Mini Wargaming um, do, do great battle reports as well. So maybe I thought before I move into my other question, I'll just kind of drill down here for a second is, have you found inspiration in other channels? And because um, for me, when I started my channel, I did a whole bunch of research and I looked at different people, both in Age of Sigma and not in Age of Sigma. And I'm like, what do they do? What do I like? What don't I like? And hopefully kind of create my version of what I want to make. So I'll start with you, Jack, first, then I'll go to Brent, then I'll go to Shu. Is there any particular channels at this point that you'd want to shout out who you've drawn inspiration from in some form or another? Uh, like, so I have some like that are just AOS related and like uh, uh, battle report related, related as well. Uh, of course, uh, Warhammer Weekly, Vince Ventrella and Tom, they like were, I, I, tell, I say they're my Age Sigma Sherpas. Like they, they guide me to the thing. Uh, he doesn't do uh, as many uh, videos anymore, but um, MC One Gamer. I used to uh, watch his videos a lot uh, when I first got in AOS. And as far as battle report channels, uh, you know, there I mentioned like competitiveness. Like, okay, we want to get stuff. Uh, Venomous Wargaming. We started around the same time, and he was on. This is what motivated me. He was on uh, uh, Warhammer Weekly for a like a uh, uh, might have been for uh, um, Flesh Eater Courts because he played a lot, and I was like. I want to be on Warhammer Weekly. So I was like, okay, let's, uh, that, they were like, okay, we were both Battle Report channels. What do I have to do to get on Warhammer Weekly? Because he was on there. And so we're getting there, getting there. And uh, Josh from, uh, uh, I think it's Masterpiece Miniatures. Like he was another guy like, okay, he, like once we got past uh, Venomous Wargaming, we were like, Masterpiece Miniatures, Josh, uh, I loved a, a lot of stuff they did. And actually I got to meet him in person uh, at uh, uh, Nova and I beat him. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he said something about uh, uh, just, I remember he said something and I was like, okay, we have to beat that guy. And then I beat him twice. So take that, Josh. No, but he's a great guy. Uh, and so that is, those are the uh, channels that inspired me. All your inspirations are just taking heads. Like, <laughs> um, so, like Jordan comes along and just decapitates you. And it's like, why are we competing? This is not yeah, it's <laughs> so like what I think about like battle reports as far as like for me, what's like what's the purpose of battle reports? Like Jack, you know, earlier you said like it's you think they're they're better for newer players, and I agree, but for a different reason. Is it to me like a battle report is getting to see the whole game in action? I mean, like the whole game. I mean, like the models are painted. The, you've built your own terrain. 
you're playing with your friends and you're playing the game. It's seeing everything come together. So yeah, channels like uh, yeah, like GMG or Mini Wargaming, just seeing the armies that they had. Um, maybe you know, Grill Miniatures Gaming more so because like all of those models, like that Ash was playing with, like that stuff that he painted. Like I, I'm quite certain that's like terrain that he made. So that's seeing all of his hobby come together and then using that as inspiration of like, oh, you know, I want to. I want to have all that cool stuff too, <clears throat> especially if you're starting out or if you're like me and you just kind of struggle to produce like on, on the hobby end that becomes like kind of an idyllic version of Warhammer is like, if you're on your journey of, yeah, if you are getting started, once you get to a point in your journey where, yeah, you have a painted army, you've learned how to play the game, you've made terrain. This is what you're, ideally aiming for you know it's at least a version of what you could get excited about and um i saw this question when you you know had asked the uh twitter chat you know like if if we were inspired by like white dwarf battle reports and that was like the first thing that got me excited about warhammer is uh is like i think when vampire counts like came out for six or got updated for sixth edition that there was a battle report uh, with Skaven and Vampire Counts in there to show off like what what they did, and me just like getting into the game at that point, reading that battle report and looking at the pictures of the models on the table, that was like, oh man, when I get to that stage, like it'll this is what it's gonna look like. My gutter runners are gonna charge into the side of a black coach and destroy it with poisoned weapons. Like that's gonna be so cool. So uh, that's what I've taken from other battle report channels. Um, and for 40k tabletop tactics is is obviously really cool um but especially like i know we want to do more narrative type of cohesive stuff so i've been trying to like i've been going back to a lot of like their campaigns and trying to get inspired of like how to do you know the age of sigmar versions of of some of the narrative stuff they do Sure. Anything you'd want to add to that? And I'm hearing some. And this is obviously not a bad shout out. It's it's you know one acknowledging people who have paid the path before us, but mm -hmm. two, I'm he I'm hearing that it's about go do your research. Go go look at what you like and what you don't like. Look outside of Age of Sigma. Um, when I was doing this, I I looked at beauty beauty videos. Um, I watched Twitch streamers. I watched um, video gamers, and I, I'm like and Magic the Gathering, and I'm just like. How do I bring my concept to life and get all these ideas, get it in like, you know, the, the, the gumbo that Jack was talking about at the start of the show. And just like, how do I make my own concoction of what my vision is? Let's not, let's not try to just be another Warhammer weekly. Let's not just try to be another, you know, another version of something. How do I bring it to life? Um, yeah. The process of ideation. Shoot. Anything else you'd want to add? Oh man. Um, yeah. I mean, just as, as you mentioned there, I, I, I like, I take I draw a lot of inspiration from uh, the other people doing battle reports, uh, and also I watch think people like who, who are just super into their craft. Like uh, Peter McKinnon, a good photographer, has uh, a great cinematic style of storytelling in his instructive and, and instructional instructional. So there's storytelling, and in, it's informative as well. So like a good example of that in the wargaming space is Miscast Terrain. Um, his uh, quality of photography tells a visual story at the same time he's being informative, um, which I think is just like, it sets him apart from all, everything else. Um, but uh, it, it, it's funny when you when you look at all the things, like you mentioned earlier on uh, 
I said, oh, I like the streaming software you got set up here, Court. She coached me and said, don't steal my stuff. You're joking, of course. But I'm like, dude, we're a battle report channel. That's all we do is steal other people's <laughs> ideas and then run with them. Um, I mean, it's uh, the, the battle report. I, we, I feel like battle report channels at this point um, are such a niche thing. And we influence each other so much that um, all ships are raising from this tide. So when one of us becomes more popular, it's helping all of the other channels out. Um, and we're with uh, people like Miniac and Squidmar who are hitting in the, the 500,000 million view level stuff for Warhammer content. That is like unheard of prior to, to just a couple of years ago before they came around. And they're drawing inspiration from those uh, cinematic storytellers like uh, Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon and that kind of thing. So here's a funny story for you. Um, uh, was it about 12 months ago? Um, Age of Squidmar, Emil, um, approached me and he's like, hey, man, I want to do a video with you. Um, now, at the time, Squidmar was under a 1,000 um, a, a thousand subs. And um, and I was like, I think I was, I think I was about 2,000 subs at the time or like 1,500. Squidmar and I were about the same level. And I think we had set up this video in like two weeks later or three weeks later. But it was funny because um, at the time we filmed the video, he actually surpassed me and he was in like the 5,000 or 6,000 mark. He had like a really successful, I think it was like an ultramarine video. But I remember him telling me, he's like, man, I, I was a bit nervous or I was a bit uncomfortable asking you to, to do a collaboration because you were bigger than me. And then the irony of it all is, you know, it just takes that one video and, you know, you you've gained um, a whole bunch of uh, awareness because you get the momentum. Go and, and, that's, and that's all it takes. One video that, um, that, and this is kind of why I mentioned earlier about the likes and the comments is that that helps promote YouTube and YouTube's like, Hey, people are enjoying these videos. We're going to actively promote it. We're going to recommend it to other people. And that, that snowball really gets you uh, the eyes from people outside of your, your subs. So that, that for us helps. Um, you guys are hilarious. If you guys watch this, if you guys are listening to this on the podcast later, uh, do yourself a favor, pause it, and watch this on YouTube because we're doing some shenanigans here. I'm not participating in these antics. Oh, Jackie said shenanigans. <laughs> Hit him. <laughs> uh, the Ember Vault. That's uh, Brent right there. Well, <laughs> Rapid fire question. This is coming from Razor Tree. Uh, Razor Tree, Jack, what's it like being the sexiest man in Age of Sigma? Um, well, I'm getting, I'm trying to get back there. I think season one, uh, you know, <laughs> Path of Glory when I was doing jujitsu and in shape, <laughs> that was way more sexier than I am now. But no, no, you got guys like uh, the guy who does, um, gosh, uh, Nashcon. That dude's sexy. Oh, yeah, Dave, Dave Griffin. Oh, my gosh. Got a crush I mean, on him. Ava Schultz is pretty hot as well. He's, uh, look at those baby blues over there. Look at them. You should see, see Sexy Shoe. Go to his Instagram. He has some golf pictures of himself when he has the well, uh, oh, Paul, I've, got, I've got a golf question coming out for him in a second so the other so that before i get to that though brent uh does your beard give you superpowers i think it gives me i think i draw all my narrative from it i think like when somebody's like well what's this what's this fire slayer name and i'm just like Dern griminer i can just pull words out of my beard that's the superpower it gives me and shoot, don't go anywhere because I want to know about your goth cane. I'm still here. <laughs> Are you pulling goth uh, books out of your closet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so as like like we said, there's a there's a bit of an age difference between 
Shu and I. And early <laughs> in our friendship, I just got to look in that game closet and I found like a 80s Ninja Turtles role-playing game book. And I was like, what is this? And then <laughs> I that he had lots of weird like gaming books. And then he was like, let me tell you about Walden books in the early 90s. And he just regaled all these tales that I found very fascinating. And if anybody would seen our, our uh, sketch about uh, Age of Sigmar ASR, and he's like tapping on weird gaming books. ASMR, like yeah. Definitely because we had a conversation about like, shoo, why do you have all these weird books? You like Bird Hammer? <laughs> you like Bird Hammer? Yeah. Have we ever seen Brent without his hat on? Yeah, I'm going to come to that in a second, Brent. Well, he comes to the channel exclusive now. All right. So people <laughs> in the chat want to get, have, have we ever seen Brent without a hat on? Uh, well, do, we want, do we want some lockdown here? Because we got oh, lockdown here. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, I, I did tell Jack that I got, I got a, uh, a fresh haircut for you guys mm -hmm. because uh, that's, uh, that's, that's how important this video is to me. But before we kind of go there, guys, mm -hmm. Goth K. Shoot. <laughs> okay. So here's a funny story. I slept on a friend's couch and uh, herniated a disc in my spine, and I legit needed that cane to stand upright. Oh, so, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I had spine surgery about five years later, but I was in excruciating pain to stand upright. So, really? Yeah. 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 So for a while, okay. I carried a goth cane in my goth ears because I had a, a crappy back. But it That's did fit. Though. It did fit with the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was a tux with tails, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Jack, this one, as I said, Jack, this one might be for you. Um, this comes comes from Excalibur, um, Excalibur Nick or Nick Excalibur, um, and, and uh, it's an interesting one. Is and I'd love all your thoughts on this. Is um, where does showing tactics in the game rank? in comparison of like the narrative and the flow. And I think that is important because do you want to go super competitive? Do you want to have a narrative? Where do you want to be both? We talked about the audience, you know, like how, how important is all of this kind of, as you tell your story as a battle report? Um, for showing tactics for us, um, like it's probably lower on the thing, on the tier. Cause we're like, there are, there are games where I'm like, all right, I have to turn off my, I want to win brain and like, cause there, there was something like uh, watching the other battle report channels. I, I found out what I didn't like and that was people um, being a sore loser. And so I have to take away like, like this doesn't represent, it kind of does represent you cause I've, I've had guests on and they're like, Oh, I don't want to lose. Cause then people on the internet will think I'm bad. I have, you have to throw that away. You have to throw away your ego. I'm like, um, well, like I wouldn't do this. Like if we were at a tournament, but I'm going to charge this unit because it's the coolest thing to charge, and it's gonna be it's gonna thing. So they, we're not a tactical channel unless Brent's playing, of course. He didn't charge Gotrek with Archeon. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? This is the best thing. You're like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that he can't move. I did it later. <laughs> I'm gonna Bella I had to, kill, I had to kill a bunch of stuff first. <laughs> yeah, Bella is gonna say. Yeah, I don't want to like turn two. Be like. Here's our here's our yeah. new Slaves of the Darkness like pre-release video and then yeah, just like throw like a down into a blender. Yeah, a WWE yeah. sports entertainment stuff. Sometimes I'm like, well, that wouldn't be as cool and fun. It's not going to cause as many like laughs and like oh, like like 
you mentioned something earlier. Uh, sorry to uh, jump in, but I love showing dice rolls because when you roll 12 dice and you get seven sixes and just the, oh my God, can you believe that of dice rolls? That's why I'm a big fan of that. Lots of cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very sports thing, right? The anticipation of the touchdown or the goal. It's that lead up, right? And I, and you guys were mentioning the Mystic Shield from Alario, for example. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, to go a little bit further as well, it's like de uh, declaring the intention is that, you know, Alario needs to roll this on a six. So you build up the anticipation of the dice roll and then you see it's a five. And it's like, no, because not everyone knows the dice roll. Not everyone knows why this is important. So... Uh, and I think that suspense is part of the fun. And that's probably why I enjoy live battle reports. Uh, I, I enjoy all battle reports, don't get me wrong. But I'll, I will tune in when there is a live tournament because I want to see the anticipation like a sports match. Um, yeah, I agree. That's something we all agreed that we liked seeing. And then, like, when that really pays off, too. So there's, like, the video where I'm playing Gloom Spike Gets and I teleport all of the fanatics nine inches away. And I want to, I don't know. I don't, I don't, maybe, I guess they don't really have any bonus to charge where it's like, all right, here they go. And then you like, you roll double ones for the charge, like to set up something really like, Ooh, if fanatics charge you turn one, you're not going to like this, but how about I roll the exact opposite of that? Like the worst thing I could possibly roll. And that happened. And like, that's the type of stuff, you know, that like, you don't even have to think about like, oh, what's you know, what's going to be exciting? What's going to be fun? The dice do that for you. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you know, like you know, some people have in the chat have asked about you know, like how much of it do you you know, how much of the dice rolling do you capture? And like you know, do you need to capture the dice rolling of every unit that runs? Probably not. Do you need to capture every dice roll for the spells? Probably not. But it's like these critical moments, and again, depending on if you're trying to do a short battle report or a long battle report, these critical moments—not just capturing the dice roll, but explaining what it means, or you know, building up the anticipation and getting me invested. Like, I want you to charge because if I know the fanatic, like I don't know. If, let's say I'm, I'm new to goblins and I don't know what fanatics do. And you're like, man, if these goblins hit the nine-inch charge because I've teleported with head of gork, they're going to go in. They fight first. They're going to do d6 attacks with you know hitting on fours, winning on threes, and do so much damage. And then you roll. You're like, no, what am I going to do? And like, you know, like, and like people get invested. And then like the next time you put fanatics in a different unit, they almost like. They, they're like, oh, maybe he's going to do it this time. And, you know, you can kind of, like, build this narrative over time. Yeah. I mean, I like I like showing all of the dice rolls, like, even runs and stuff, too, because, like, a run roll by itself, yeah, isn't that interesting, isn't that big? But, like, if you're not – it's the kind of the stuff that you don't expect that, like, well, what if the same unit, like, three or four turns in a row rolled a one to run? At that point, you know, because, like, we ad-lib a little bit of the game of – you know, even if it's not like a, a narrative game, we're still questioning, like, what is wrong with this unit? Like, why do they keep rolling a one to run? And like, so kind of looking forward to like, we're looking to do some campaign stuff in the future. And that's even like more opportunities for that type of stuff is like, what if through multiple games, like a, a pattern in the dice that you don't expect winds up showing up? And then, yeah, you have this like perception of like, Oh yeah, my Hearthguard Berserkers. You mean the ones that roll like can't roll more than a two for any run roll ever? Like that's me. Like 
you have potential there that uh, if, if you're not filming every dice roll, you might you might miss. Yeah, I still get on the I narrative. Get... Okay, the dice rolls inform the narrative for me. Like the, the most tactical and narrative moment I've ever had were the same moment. And it's where I said, okay, I've got one chance to win this game. Here's what's going to happen. And I just let the camera roll. I didn't even talk about, you know, we said we're, we talk about what we're going to do first. And I let the camera roll. And I said, hey, Brent, my bombardier is going to waste this dwarf and hand to hand. And then he's going to walk over here and shoot this dwarf in his face, and I'm going to win the game. And real, like, on, real quickly, I did see a question on your Twitter chat that was like, uh, favorite moment from a bat rep. So I'm and just that, was saying, that was literally the question I had loaded up next. So okay, okay, we'll okay. This is my favorite moment in any of our videos. So all right. So, all right. So the question is from uh, from the Twitters is uh, actually I think it was my, this is my question. This wasn't Twitter, but uh, what is your favorite moment from Battle, Battle Report? Shoot, continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess this is going to consume my favorite moment from Battle Report. Um, you get two of them. You're telling mine, and then you get your own. Oh, I see. I see. So the the bombardier. Um, it's not great in combat, but somehow he managed to waste that dwarf in hand to hand. Um, and then <laughs> okay, never mind. You didn't get it right. Did I not get it right? No, because okay, so there's four. Like this, okay, so this is my favorite now. You get four models on the board left. You have an arch warlock that is just out of the game. There's nothing he can do. There's one hearthguard berserker. There's a warlock bombardier, and there's an auric rune master on an objective. And the only way that you can take, the, like, if you take the objective, you win. But the only way you can uh, take the objective is if you kill the auric rune master who has five wounds left. And the whole game, you've been firing the doom rocket and missing every time. So again, like, you've built this narrative to be like doom rocket. Oh, I can't roll more. Like I roll a he like rolled a one every time. So we're just joking. Like, man, this guy sucks. Like, what is he doing with the Doom Rocket? But then it comes down to, you get to shoot the Doom Rocket. Like, or you get to move within range of the objective, and then you get to shoot the Doom Rocket because you're not going to kill him in close combat. The only way you're going to kill him is with the Doom Rocket, and he does. And so he's like four inches away from the Orc Rune Master, and then just goes and shoots a missile into his face, he dies, and Shu wins. Yeah. It's the best ending to any of our games. And it. I don't know. It's my favorite. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, thanks for taking that one over. There was a lot of details I was missing in that one. Um, okay. just, the, uh, just, just to go into uh, my favorite Warhammer moment here, it would have to be the, uh, um, the game where we had proxied a um the what, what is the 40k terrain that's up on gantries the um the it was it was like a skirmish game that came out for a little bit but then oh. then skirmish actually came out it was the shadow war yeah yeah. yeah yeah so uh a gw had set up shadow war armageddon terrain so that uh it was all over this table and we had pretended it was a skyport for dwarden that if you and we set up a little rule that if you wanted to cross between the platforms, you could, you know, roll a dice, and if you get a one, you fall. And so I'm playing a uh, small Sylvaneth army versus Warherd. Um, my tree lord tries to step over a tiny gap, 
and just falls. And Brent does this like walk forward, <laughs> fall like fall like a tree uh, motion immediately, and it was just hilarious that he's just out of the picture. And then the Gorgon steps up and does the same thing. So then we just were losing it, laughing about like what it looked like for people on the ground to see how this tree lord come down from the sky, and then a Gorgon a few minutes later, and uh, um, just that that right there, just the mechanics of the game inform the narrative, and that was uh, that's my favorite Warhammer moment there. That one wasn't a bat rep though. Do you have a favorite yeah, bat rep? True. Um, I just did the battle report right here. In what? This chat. Oh, that was right. That's that was it. There's a picture of it on his Instagram. There we go. That counts. Yeah. Um, I, like I have a, a couple, like two things, like uh want to bring up uh, about memorable things happen. People still bring up Cordell, which was my slaughter priest who kept <laughs> rolling ones every time he uh, did a, a like a prayer um and that's it still gets brought up um um but as far as like one thing is it was a sketch thing that um it really it was our soul war sketch and just that ingredients everybody come up with a great idea oh but what if we did this and that that sketch actually made me realize like don't try to look cool like we're not here to look. I was like, but we if I do that, I'll look silly. I'm like, no, no, we're we're all looking silly. Cause I like she had to point out like, cause I was like, there's just something in the sketch. I'm like, I wouldn't say it like that because that no, no, we're all buffoons. We're all it's it's not about you know uh, looking cool or something like that. And so I love that sketch because we all came up with different ideas. What if we did this? What if we did this? And I loved it. Do uh, we had Doug in it as well? And a um. A lesson I learned, it was our Nagash versus Stormcast, the shootcast list. And off camera, I was just the most, I was QQing. I was crying. I was like, this is, oh, man, oh, man. And I won the game. And Brent let me know that. Exactly. And Brent let me know that me doing that was, a, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not doing it on camera. But Brent let me know, like, hey, man, you know, he, he's just like, hey, it's not. And I'm like, oh, you're right, you're right. Even though, you know, it's just like that was a game where I'm like, I wanted my shoot cast to get shown off to the world. This is a list I made up. And hey, everybody check this out. But I'm like, Nagash is supposed to die turn one. This is not working out the way I wanted to. But in Brent, it was just Brent. He died Brent, turn two. Yeah, he died turn two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the, like, the real talk behind that game. And like, yeah. I think that was a good like turning point for us too is like if people talk about, you know, like, oh, it looks like you guys, you know, are like are having fun. And we generally are. But like we genuinely are, uh, but there was still moments where we had to learn to do that. And that's like curating your game, but also, you know, curating your experience with your opponents. So it's like, even though we were making a video and on camera, it looked like everything was just like, ah, oh. then yeah, behind the camera, it was like, hey, we got to talk about how we have a more enjoyable experience. Cause it's like, obviously you were, you know, frustrated in the, in the beginning there. Uh, and had to learn from that. And then I had to express too, that it was like, man, you know, I, I didn't think I could have lost that game any harder, <laughs> but yeah. So. No, I like it. And, you know, Jack mentioned earlier about, you know, leaving the ego at the door um, because it's hard, right? Like as a, as a personality, you know, people are judging you and, you know, if Jack is, uh, and it kind of ties in nicely to one of the comments in the chat talking about, you know, if a, if a game is kind of like at its end by turn two, 
you know, do you essentially abandon the game or do you um, do you play on? And, you know, if something doesn't go well and, you know, I'm a competitive player, Jack mentioned, for example, you know, he, he's done really well in, on the tournament scene and he does these silly things or he, he tries to play out a story or, you know, tries to make it an even matchup. You know, there, there is that perception or that 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 risk that people are going to judge, you know, you as a competitive player to you, the narrative battler on the re-rolling ones. And, you know, it's almost like you, you, you do have to leave the ego in the door. You don't have to take it personally. And you, you hope that through the entertainment value, people see the battle report not as I'm not a very good gamer, he's a great gamer, but rather we're telling great stories through miniature wargaming. Mm-hmm. We cut it off when we know we like we know somebody can't come back in points. So like, what if you know we're we're off camera? Then we're like, okay, let's calculate this. Let's even you know even in the craziest scenario, is it possible for this person to win? In that case, we're probably going to keep playing. Um, but as far as like two turn games, there's been a handful where even if we think that like yeah, you know this is. This is going to be curated. This is going to be fair. There's like, well, there is an older game too, or I'm playing Warherd and Jack, you're playing Slanesh. And it's just, it was over and yeah, it was real fast. Um, But something like that, you know, I think there's, even if that's not ideal, like we don't restart, there might still be some value or entertainment in that. Or I want to say, one of my favorite games is when I play Fire Slayers and Jack, you play like new terrifying that game's a complete shutout but it's a shutout for at the time you know triple keeper of secrets like it's it's funny because you like look at the you know comments that haven't finished the video and they're like oh i know where this is going and then it's spectacularly the worst dice rolls i've ever seen and jack just loses his like all of his keepers of secrets he's just like i don't know what's happening and i'm just laughing the whole time but even then so it's like a short game like that in that kind of circumstance like that was i think the best outcome that game could have had. it like like slanesh is an interesting thing because i have a beautifully painted slanesh army by a crank old gamer it's great but that is a hard army to take the foot off the gas on mm-hmm. and so it's like trying to play a curated game because there's slanesh fans out there you're like oh like, like it's tough to play them because they're like even they've been nerfed now so we i think we can give it another shot but it's just it, at the time it was like super tough to put them on the channel because it's just like, see them just get squashed was hilarious yeah that and was then, like, and, <laughs> and then people are just gonna get abusive in the chat as well yeah um, i remember i remember uh t- two years ago i think it was in 2018 um, so I was a part of the commentary team. So um, I got invited to to live broadcast the Australian Masters, which is essentially the best of the best invitational an, an annual event. So you know, I was on the. It was myself and Travis. We were doing the uh, the, the tournament. We were um, live commentary, and you know, we obviously had a schedule for the for the weekend. And for the first couple of rounds, you've got to curate. You know, because I've got a a nine hour schedule or a twelve hour schedule. I'm just not going to put up a game that's going to end in turn one, turn two, or turn three. You want to be able to try to get a game that is most likely going to go the full round. So it'll be interesting or they, you know, they're matched up very fairly. So I think it's almost like you can lean into the, the, the game two, game three. You don't overextend and try to drag it out to the full five. 
but at the same time is thinking about, you know, is this going to be a good matchup for my audience? And if there's a complete mismatch, maybe it's not a battle report that you want to film, or maybe you want to try to find a way to spice it up so that, um, you know, maybe you do give away a priority role or something, because otherwise it's just going to be, it's not an enjoyable video as Slanish turn one steam, steam rolls an army that clearly had no chance of winning this game. As an example. Sure, sure you got anything? I uh, I got nothing. I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of distracted. There's uh like kids pounding on my door and screaming upstairs. So I apologize if you all can hear this. Like, I hear nothing. I'll, I'll add my favorite battle report moment and I'll, I'll ask a few more questions. We'll kind of bring it home. My favorite battle report moment uh, was my debut on Warhammer TV where I played uh, at Blood and Glory round one. It was myself, which was a mixed order, uh, essentially yeah, essentially Cities of Sigma, but it was mixed order, um, versus a clan pestilence. And um, I'll never forget it because I'm playing in England and all of my friends, all of my community is watching this game on Twitch. And uh, turn one, I take, the, I take the turn. I have this Carmine Dragon, which is a wonderful Forge World model, and I buff it up to the nines. My Battle Mage casts uh, a spell that's no longer in the game, which essentially heals it, which it was unwounded, but it gave it a six up after save. I then use my Law Master to make it to reroll hits and reroll wounds. This Carmine Dragon is just coming in as an absolute tank, and uh, it flies up into a pack of um, of uh, Plague Monks when Plague Monks were really good, and it's a three-inch charge, and I roll a three, which is normally okay. Except Plague Monks have a little banner that calls them minus one to charge. So my Carmine Dragon doesn't get to charge. Uh, and this is also in a time when only your general could use a command point. Um, oh, no. So this, this and, and it was funny because all my friends, um, I checked my phone later, and they were like, you can't fail this charge, don't fail this charge. And, like, of course, I failed the charge. The Plague Monks come in and absolutely annihilate this Carmine Dragon. Uh, but then right at the end, because um, we were playing, I think, Scorched Earth, and uh, I did, uh, I was losing, but it was like, I was at the bottom of turn five. I burnt his objective and on a five or a six, I was going to win the game on a four and a three. I was going to draw it one and two. I lost it and I rolled a six. Um, but it was, that was a game that like I was down for the count and it was against, um, uh, it was against Dan from um, Priority Roll. It was an awesome game, but again, I just never, you know, it, it was my, one of my favorite games. Um, but that's the cool thing about documenting as well, is you can always kind of go back into the archives. You can have some fun. Yeah, that's um, the best thing. It's the, the, you have the story. You have that story. Like, I, I rolled a three. And you have proof. And, like, you remember when you rolled a three? That's the coolest thing. When you're like, you have connection, you're like, that's the other part. Like, I don't have a video of the guy in the trench coat showing up and, you know, Jeff from the future saying fire 27 inches. But, like, when you do battle reports... Now I have uh, Shoes Warlock Bombardier blowing up my Orc Rune Master to win the game with a Doom Rocket. Like I have that forever. Mm -hmm. It's it's very nice, and you you are able to connect with other people and like, do you remember that? I remember that, and you have the same thing. And it, it like as being a competitive player, I, I as I know when going to tournaments and playing people who enjoy the channel and are fans of the channel, and I'm just like I'm sorry. This is not going to be. This isn't a channel game. I'm because so, I play unfun lists. I'm like, dude. I'm like, I, I uh, play this corn player. Big fan of the channel LVO. I'm like, my list is super designed. To, like, it's not going to be fun for you. 
And so I'm going to kill your three bloodthirsters before you get to go. And uh, it's just, and I'm like, but one thing, like, uh, what made me a big fan of Doug from 2 Plus Tough, he did this video in the beginning where he said, you know what? When I play, I'm like, if I see my opponents not having fun, I'm like, hey, man, you want to go grab a beer? Because this game, like, when you get into that level where you're like, it can be unfun. And so that's why I really enjoy these guys because they always make it fun. This might tie in nicely. So going back to, let's imagine you had a trench coat and you go back in time. What <laughs> would you... What would you tell yourselves who are just starting up in the battle report space, uh, whether it's through your experience, whether it's through, you know, doing so much great work in the community and, you know, you've got lots of fans now and all the money and all the fame and the glory and the, and the women and all that stuff. And, you know, you guys are now, you've now, you've now made it. But, like, if you were to rewind time and go back and, um, and tell that person to do a 27-inch, not a 14-inch, what experience would you give to yourselves? What what advice? What sage advice? Maybe I'll go Brent first, then Shu, then Jack. Um, I would tell myself to temper my expectations about skirmish because I got <laughs> way too chanced about that skirmish campaign that we did. And like we said, like we do things for fun, you know, like we're not trying to, you know, be the biggest YouTube channel. Like we're doing this because we enjoy it. And then we got motivated because other people enjoyed it. And there's enough people that were like, but you, you tell yourself that, but then when there's a little bit of a disconnect, like how come as many people are watching this video? Or then people are like, skirmish sucks. Like that starts to get to you a little bit. So I remember getting like way too into it. And this is um, not to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but like, yeah, I was super jazzed about that. I was like, I'm going to make all this lore about like this, frozen city that is haunted by the night haunt. And I was talking to one of my friends and he played me and like nobody noticed this in the comments. And I, I guess I understand why I didn't know it uh, either. I was like, what should that city be called? And he's like, you should name it Arendelle because it's this like name of this mystical like Norwegian legend of this like frozen city. And I was like, that's awesome. And behind text, he is laughing at me because apparently that is the city from Frozen, the Disney <laughs> movie. And so I'm writing this like cryptic lore about like, and this is the fall of the kingdom of Arendelle. And I say this like in the little like lore bit that we did and nobody noticed they're like, is that the city from Frozen? And so then halfway through the campaign, my friend is like, he just sent me like the frozen wiki for the city and I was like, you suck. No. <laughs> and so then we're like, okay, we have to try and like roll with this. So then like shoe, one of your kids had like an Olaf doll and we like put it in the background and we don't say anything about it. So if anybody caught that, then great. Nobody watched, so yeah. Like and then it just it did become kind of an ongoing joke of like, oh man we put a lot into this and like, I'm, I'm terrible at getting stuff painted. And I was like, power painting night haunt. Uh, and I probably could go back in time in a trench coat and tell myself to chill out. I am. I'm losing it over this because like it, we had put so much effort into the planning and painting and we made trade and all this effort for writing the lore. And we're going to play the skirmish campaign. The skirmish book just came out strike with the irons hot. And we we had gone from like ten thousand views to a thousand views. <laughs> what going on, everybody? <laughs> you, yeah. you and, and if it makes you feel any better, um, I remember downloading um, 
what was that vampire movie that was more of like a rom-com um back in the day uh whatever like it was that romantic vampire it was very super popular back in the day i remember downloading twilight and getting really excited about it and my wife looks at my computer and says you know that's not like what you think it's not like a vampire or like it's not it's like a real vampire movie i'm like oh <laughs> so oh, yeah. like we've all done that in some capacity it's just that you've gone to a, another level hey fun fact uh the state of washington where we live forks washington is where twilight is supposed to take place and it's a real out of the way like seaside town and for years they like they got a lot of tourism because people were like, we want to go to the place that Twilight is supposed to be from. And they're just like, we got Twilight everything. <laughs> Real embarrassing. Well, 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 it's not a sustainable man. economy. Um, he, like, uh, Coach gets that. He's from New Zealand. They got all the Hobbit stuff. <laughs> sure. He's not in New Zealand. Is it, where? It's, same, it's the same, right? It's like, hey, you live in Mexico, right? You live in Mexico, yeah? Canada, United States, it's whatever. It's whatever. Something. It's over. It's down there somewhere. Uh, people come to it. Yeah, oh, that's that's uh, another discussion. I just I just want to share a little anecdote here. The um, we had noticed that the the viewership count nosedive, but we we were committed to finishing the skirmish campaign no matter what. So we actually started to rip on ourselves in the intro a little bit. So we have each of the skirmish games. If you go back and watch them, the, the intros connect. They tell a whole story. And there's one part where Jack and Brent are carrying my body upstairs because I had died in the story. And uh, Jack said, just, or uh, no, it was Brent, he said, just admit it, Jack, you're trying to destroy the channel. And he's, ruin the channel? It wasn't my idea to do a skirmish camp. There were some of the coolest intros. Shoe dressed up as a juggalo is in the skirmish intros. People. Like you owed yourself to go just Underrated. watch the intros. I, I did like that because I do enjoy ICP. There's, um, there's <laughs> but, uh, I, I do like ICP. I do. I did like when I America. I did buy a bottle of Fago. Uh, Dude, he. I mean, he pours the Fago out and it like splashes. And not a drop goes out of the glass. It's, oh, yeah, it's like the Great part. Malenko is just a fire. It's a fire album. Like, okay. I mean, and, and, and this, it's this moment that I've just completely lost all of my subs. <laughs> what, what? Um, uh, I'll have to uh, bring a dark carnival here. <laughs> water magnet. I love that you get the line wrong too. You say water magnets. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the skirmish intros, people. They're great. Uh, <laughs> I think you're next. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah, please shoo. I, I, I actually completely lost the lost my train of thought. Shoo. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Go well. back in time in a church What do I do if I say tell Young Shu what to do here? Um, I would say yeah. pick 40K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. Jeez. <laughs> Hot takes. Hot takes, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Descent in the channel. We've got some descent here. The mission's coming out. We can do both. (laughs) We did did see your April Fools, uh, which was a cracking video. I'm working on 40K armies. I I love 40K. It's in my blood. Um, But it's just, I have a billion Age of Sigmar armies in this case here. Um, I'm all in. So. 
Yeah, I, 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 you're not as bad as Doug. You've only like transitioned from one game to another. That six out of the games. <laughs> this comment says ICP don't believe in magnetizing their mini. <laughs> 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 Jack, is there anything that you? Oh, I'm going to get back on track. Jack, what would you tell yourself? You're going to put a trench coat on and uh, okay. Talk back back. Yeah, let's, um, let's I would tell myself I don't need eight thousand points of Cities of Sigmar. <laughs> uh, so that that would happen. I'd also um, give myself advice like not to be lazy. I think a lot of like I think right now we hit a period where we got lazy. And so it's like, oh, okay, we need to do this. And it's like, all right, uh, we got, you have a different case. If you see some of our sketches, there was like, there was this one we did where this, like the RNN news, we had green schemes, we had, it was like, this is hilarious. And now we're like, um, all right, you come through the door and say this, and then we'll do that, and then we'll do that. And then, uh, oh, it's fine. Um, it's like, all right, we'll edit this. And like, shoot, edit this out. And it's, it's still in the video. There's a, uh, uh, area where we got lazy we're just like well, let's put this out and then I, that's why i thought we really needed adepticon just to recharge our batteries meet people face to face say hey people love what you do like you're appreciated there are shoe guys there are brent guys all this stuff and so i would go back and say hey tell trump to call china and say don't be sending people over here with your viruses and so no uh, but i was like like you know put out content you're proud of rather than we've got to have a video this week guys um and i'll also tell myself get better at holding the camera like look through the camera lens. don't look to the side and make sure it's not sideways i'm the worst camera guy i'm like and like, get better at doing these small things because if it becomes a habit make it a habit like you always do this you always focus here rather than i want to be funny what, what's the next like some it's funny but you also want to put out a quality product that people aren't getting like vertigo from watching me hold the camera. Yeah, I, I, I would say that would be if I, if I even went back in time and spoke to a little young coach, um, I would probably say the same thing. Is that um, I remember reading a lot of stuff about YouTubing, right? And you know, some of the big advice they say is get a schedule, have a routine, stick to it, and just put out content and you you almost fall into a trap that you're just putting out content for the sake of putting out content and it's not your best work um so i, I would probably say to myself slow down um and find a rhythm you know put something out there try things especially if in the early days try things see what works think what doesn't work uh play with a video editing software try different things because not a lot of people know you at the start this is the time where you can fail and you can fail hard and fast um once you know once i you know i'm i'm literally about to hit five thousand subs but if i fail people see that at scale so for me it was better to find out where my niche was right at the start um and to read those comments and get those feedback and ask people for their comments like what do you see what what do you want to see on the channel what do you want to see more of what do you want to see less of and 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 take it with a grain of salt because what people might want to see may not be what you want to do um, so just kind of like stew on the ideas, I think is what I would, I would probably kind of take away. Um, Jack, Jack's got some thoughts there. He's like oh, no. raising the people, raising the people's eyebrow. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
All right. Well, I think I've got one more question I want to ask unless you guys want to, is there anything, you know, we want to, have we missed anything? Cause I got one final question and it's almost like, you know, uh, putting on the trench coat and going into the future. Um, is there anything we want to add before we want to go into the future? Future. I think we're excited about the future. So yeah, definitely yeah. we're excited. There are things we had, like we had a lot of stuff planned, like before all this happened. Well, we can't go to each other's houses and record now. And uh, yeah. so just like, oh, so what next? Stuff. What next? Put on the put on the trench coat. Let's go to the future. Yeah. Uh, let's get our, our hoverboards and let's uh, like when oh, yeah. when lock when lockdown's done and we can all go back and, and hang out and hug and and we by the way, that we were. Yeah, we were languishing a bit, and so we decided to put some real effort into planning out what we're going to do for 2020, and we're going to change the format quite a bit. Uh, the style of the battle report would be the same. We're still going to use points, but we're going to involve a lot more narrative stuff in there. And so Brent came up with this plan. Brent? Sure. Yeah, we'll also mention, too, so, like, uh, we Shu did the giving away a sequitur video. It was like, hey, just comment what you would like to see on our channel in the future. Um, and then you could, you know, win the sequitur that I painted. And then there's a lot of interesting and like good suggestions in there where we wanted to take that, but we also wanted to figure out like, yeah, so, you know, like she said, we're kind of languishing. Jack referred to like, oh, we're getting kind of lazy. We did want to do something new that felt like leveling up the channel and getting something to get excited about again. <clears throat> so looking at that feedback, um, Shu had recommended, you know, like, basically doing seasons of re-rolling ones. And then I helped flesh that out of like, okay, well, what could that be? And essentially it's gonna be a narrative campaign, but the games individually, uh, they're not gonna be that much different than what we normally do, other than it will, you know, for a series of games, it's gonna be with the same army. So it's not gonna be uh, a completely new type of game every time. But if, you know, so like we're planning on doing a, a six game series that's set in Akshi. So, uh, but for that, like to make that interesting, you know, even if we're just kind of playing these match play scenarios that we've picked, um, we made terrain specifically for Akshi. She took the, the lead on that. Yeah, there we go. So like, we're going to have, you know, a, a visual as we're exploring, like, what kind of rules are in Akshi, trying to look at, like, other parts of the game that maybe don't get used a lot. So it's a, a chance to experiment those, but also a chance, you know, back to the original idea of, like, we're going to get the rules right. We know that that's never going to be perfect, but um, we think that we can deliver better games if we play a couple games in succession with the same army. Plus, there's going to be some motivation, too, you know, that we will want to try and win the campaign. Um, and then there's a narrative that goes with that. So if you're watching kind of the whole series, you're going to get hopefully, you know, get excited about what's happening from game to game, who's winning in the campaign or sort of the stories that the dice are telling. So, you know, uh, spoiler, looks like Cordell is coming back. Is he going to roll as terribly as he did before? We're going to find out. Um, and then kind of hoping, you know, if this goes well, we'll see what we learn from this and do different ones in the future. If, if we liked this format, then we can make, uh, you know, new campaigns in other realms. Um, and the other part, too, is so I wrote a whole campaign pack for it, and we'll be releasing that for free for anybody that also wants to play this uh, along with us that, you know, if, if 
they want to then share. I mean, that would be awesome if, if on our Facebook group or Discord, you know, they're saying, oh, well, then when we played this scenario, um, and when I say scenario, I, I paired like a battle plan with a uh, like a specific Realmscape feature. Then we want to hear you like what happened in your version of that. Um, and then lastly, I think kind of the, the teaser release too. Um, so this, the first season, the idea would be called the Ember Vault, where the uh, the story is going to be that there's a uh, storm vault in Akshi that's been exposed by the Necroquake, and now everybody's trying to get inside. So what happens? We'll find out. So we're excited that about coming back and trying to make that happen. We've been prepping for it for too long now. We were ready before. And <laughs> we were ready. That's <laughs> that sounds incredible. That sounds really cool. And um, I think about Soulbound now, the RPG. We've now got that whole great patch, that whole new map of the of, of Akshi, right? So now there's just so much more up for grabs. And, uh, you know, you've got Cities of Sigma, like you've got Bright Spear and you've got uh, Edensa, and there's just all this stuff happening. Um, I wonder if Soulbound RPG could get tied into that. A very, I, I mean, I already looked at the map and I was like, the Ember Vault is there. Like I already did that. <laughs> I love That's it. not that important. <laughs> and I and I love the I love the opportunity as well, not just to play match play games. And I don't know if this is in your plan. I'm sure it is in the grand plan. But all the battle terms have all these amazing battle plans as well, mm -hmm. where you know you've got ambushes, you've got you know deployment zones that aren't fifty fifty. There are different wind conditions. So. By putting that narrative perspective as well in a match play competitive you know environment you can do some really cool storytelling which just ties in perfectly to your channel it's um yeah. uh, i'm very excited about seeing what you guys put out that sounds like something that i and i think the chat will love thank you thank yeah you. No, we're we're excited about it too and I, I like my hope for it too is that it sort of walks that line between if you're just tuning into a one-off Age of Sigmar battle report. I, you know, it's not like, well, let me tell you the entire history of the Ember Vault. Like, no, it won't be like that. You're still just tuning into a game, but if you're watching the whole series, like, you'll have an idea, you know, more specifically what's going on, who are, you know, the specific players or characters trying to take control of the, you know, the Ember Vault. So hopefully that'll appeal to uh, a range of, of people tuning into the channel. I, I think it should. I, I've, I've got a core belief that uh, narrative and match play are not mutually exclusive. There is a middle ground. There is an absolute middle ground. We are here for the stories. We are here for the law. Uh, you don't have to go 100% competitive and 100% narrative. Everyone is in this middle space somehow, and I think more storytelling in this space will just help unlock the narrative within us all. So mm -hmm. this is brilliant. Jack? <laughs> Shui, anything you'd want to add to to the future and like what we're going to see in the in, in the future from you guys? I, I just don't want to take it for granted anymore. Like uh, it, we just took so much for granted. Assuming that we could just get together anytime and hang out and play Warhammer. Um, holy crap, man! The world is in a weird place, and I can't wait for it to get back. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We so were tight. Just because we all met online doesn't mean we're not tight. Very tight. Yeah. Like I love shoes. Like meeting. Like I love shoe. Love his wife. His kids are amazing. I love going over there, and meeting all his kids, and like they're like part of like you know my family. I'll never not be involved in. And so you made friends for life through this hobby, and I. It's like a serious thing. Like I, I've gotten messaged about this. It's kind of a. It's not a topic I bring up at all, 
because it's just not something I live my life through. But um, being an inspiration to people of color to get into Warhammer, which is like, like I played Warhammer since I was a kid, and I never thought it wasn't for me. I'm like, because some, and, but I'm having people message me saying, "Hey, it's really cool that you're doing this," and I was like, well, "That's not my intent." But like, Shu said something to me once, so like, like it's like, you know. I f- what would you say, Shu? <laughs> but it was it was something about art or something like that, and I'm like, it wasn't my intent to inspire people of color, but like them saying, seeing me play with the, like Warhammer, like saying like, oh, it's okay if I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, like that is a, the coolest thing. I've like a side effect that I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's inspiring. <laughs> so so Shu is 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 looking forward to seeing us again and and being being warm and Jack is looking forward to continuing to inspire people. And I am selfishly looking forward to writing a bunch of nonsense words about Ember vaults and secret treasures in the realm of fire and make you guys play my horrible campaign. (laughs) Black space. (laughs) I feel, I feel warm and fuzzy at this moment. I think this is a perfect spot to end the show. Um, I'm so hashtag blessed that we could have this opportunity because for anyone who may not know, in July, I was meant to fly over to America to play at Midwest Meltdown. And I was going to be in Seattle because one of my closest and dearest friends was going to get married in Seattle. And I was going to come and hang out with these guys. And I was so excited to to play a game. Um, and I'm going to miss that opportunity. So having you guys on the channel, having this discussion, uh, it's the best that I'm going to get uh, in the current world. But, what happened? Um, Did they break up? No, they're already married. They got married in Australia, and now oh. they're having the American wedding because, um, oh, you know, okay. the, yeah, grandma what? and that can't, can't oh, come, cool. um, which is pretty fair. Like Australia, America is like a good sixteen-hour flight um, <laughs> at the best in times. Consider it. Yeah, and you go back in time too when you come to America. Hmm. Yes, but then when you come home, you come forward in time, and right. it's um, it's now <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon where it's still nine o'clock where you guys are. But the future is bright where I live. Uh, I am like 16 hours ahead and it is wonderful. But um, Jack, Brent, Shu, this has been amazing. I, I've had so much fun with you guys. Is there any shout outs, anything you guys want to mention? If, if you don't follow these gentlemen, please, first and foremost, Twitter handles are in the episode description. Go over to Reroll Ones, smash the like button, subscribe if you enjoy this stuff, do the Patreon stuff. Um, if nothing more, just send a comment and tell them how much you enjoy their content. Uh, give them some vir- virtual love. Any shout-outs, any recommendations, anything to take us home? Uh, the shout-out goes to you, man. Thank you so much for having us on, and you have an open, a standing invitation to come and play with us whenever you're in the region. And if we make it down your way, we hope to see you there and, and to get a game in. And another shout out, Doug, two plus tub. He's like we've we've latched onto him. He's drug us up. He's the man, yeah. a good friend, and uh, yeah, it's he's Doug from Two Plus Tub. Go check out his channel if you haven't. If you haven't checked it out, what's wrong with you? And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I like the I like the thank yous that you guys had. I agree. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, viewers. Thanks, the world. <laughs> Thank you, viewers, for sure. Thanks for watching. Okay. I, see. I, feel, I feel warm. <laughs>
chat thank you very much yes uh feel the love uh please like please subscribe please do all that good stuff on on re-rolling ones uh thank you all very much i have a, a wonderful weekend i hope you enjoyed this and uh we'll see you all again, again very soon see you, thank you again. Shout out. What's see up, you guys that was for you